0: Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo Skag 3 whoever he is.
1: Get your blood first, your son.
0: Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments.
2: You are a terrific team on all counts.
0: Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this. is the Matt and Blonde Show.
1: I'll lead an effective strategy to
0: mobilize.
1: True international over
0: depression. Hey, why the fuck
1: is the gas so hot,
3: It was in this room... After we had won the majority, I had became speaker last. And Nancy Pelosi came to me. She was speaker at the time on the way out. And I told her I was having issues with getting enough votes. And she said, what's the problem? I said, they want this. One person can rule you out. She was the only speaker to have changed that rule. I had the power to call the vote on her, but I never would. I lost some votes because of it. And she said, just give it to him. I'll always back you up. I made the same offer to Boehner and same thing to uh, Paul, because I believe in the institution.
0: Man, you are one pathetic loser.
3: (laughs) I think today was a political decision by the Democrats. And for them to make a motion on me because I made a decision for the country that they agreed with, but they choose to do the other, that becomes a problem.
1: I doubt it. You are fake news. Don't you understand, you dumb son of a bitch? Very fake news. Go back to where you come from, okay? I'm
0: you fucking dead. Well, it's not my concern.
1: It's not against the law, whole fuck you. <laughs> All right, America, go to the YouTube right now.
2: Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you, you're awesome.
1: I can't do it. We'll do it live.
3: Okay.
0: Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! Fuck it, we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Oh. You know, it was a very emotional weekend for yours, truly. On Friday...
2: Because we, of the Tomas thing?
0: I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, we will get to that. But on, on Friday, we signed the documents to uh, to close a deal on my parents' house and move them closer to the grandkids. And that is great, because they're going to be within walking distance of our family now. But it meant saying goodbye to the house that I grew up in. And it's a really modest Kaczynski style cabin in rural Montana. And my parents spent everything they had 25 years ago to build that. It's a one of a kind house, you know? And it was one of those defining life moments where you realize that that house that has been my anchor for my entire life, no matter how messed up and bad things get, I can go back to that house and reassess. Now that anchor is gone and I'm the anchor for a, a new generation of the family, which is how it's supposed to be. But it's just a very bittersweet and emotional experience. Yep. So, yeah. So not to make it about me, because obviously the news is significant. But if ever there was a weekend that I could have used an easy news cycle to just relax with, this would be one such weekend. And so, well, of fuck course, you,
2: because some stuff happened. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Some people have done something. <laughs> you know, it's like, can I just relax a little bit? No, here's Israeli-Palestinian conflict to smack you in the face and make it as difficult as possible, which means we're going to make everyone hate everyone and worry if World War Three is about to hit instead. So look forward to that tonight. Plus, uh, the border situation in our own country, let alone Gaza is so bad that Biden is building the wall now. But he says the law says he has to, which might mark the first time he has diligently obeyed the law. But that's what he's going with. Walls don't work, by the way. He's still sticking. I just have to follow the law. Law says I have to build a wall. Walls do not work. House, meanwhile, House of Representatives on hiatus, uh, at least effectively, as Speaker McCarthy is ousted Who's going to replace him remains unclear. Later in the show, we'll talk a, a progressive activist and a progressive journalist who were murdered in New York City and Philadelphia, respectively.
2: Oh, so funny.
0: Well, I th- as we'll get to, the one guy in New York laughed openly at Rush Limbaugh's death. So figure you're just holding him to his own standards. Plus, his girlfriend seems like quite a character. So we'll, we'll discuss that. Oh,
2: yeah. What a bitch. I loved researching the story today. It made me really happy.
0: Did they actually have a Karl Marx license plate? Is that or they just find one?
2: They were posing with somebody else.
0: OK, I th- I th- do they actually they have that? They were the first ones. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Hunter Biden pleads not guilty on his gun charges. And we have many episodes of noose related hoax hate. Uh, one of them Halloween noose related. Uh, Actually, plus tonight's movie review is Braveheart. So no matter how it goes tonight, at least we have Mel to close the show with. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listing material. Remember you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have friendly offers from our friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. And once again, if you missed last time, this is not your usual Hero Soap Company ad. This one was made by our friendly music guy, Chris, capturing the essence of my signature soap from Hero Soap Company, Timberline.
1: Being a man means doing
0: a, a little minute. more than what's expected. Hold on, hold of on. You. There was some kind of. I hear it. I, Even I got a false mean, start on that. I want Chris to get the full play. Sometimes being a man. Means something's going wrong with I my more more
1: than Whatever. Just let it go. Even if that means taking yourself to the end of the line. But every man needs something at the end of the day to remind him that his work's worthwhile. Yeah. That's why every man should be using Timberline from Hero Soap Company. It's a frosty pine soap where the forest meets the peaks. A woodsy scent with extra menthol for a high altitude cooling effect. Giving your balls the best tingle this way west of Yellowstone. So try Timberline today and treat yourself to the refreshing ball tingling you deserve. Timberline from Hero Soap Company.
0: Remember, you can try my signature soaps, Timberline and Old West, or Blonde's signature soap, Oat Plus Almond, or any of the other excellent offerings from Hero Soap, including now shampoo and conditioner. Get any of those with 10% off using promo code MCLISTENER. That's promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off everything from Hero Soap Company. Find everything you need from our friends at Hero Soap, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com deals, deals by listeners. For listeners, we had a meetup down Austin Way, as in Texas. And I know little of what this function was other than I'm informed. It was at a, a venue called the Brutorium which sounds like a oh, fun a fun time. Uh, I'm always
2: amazed at how normal the people in our audience look.
0: Well, and of course the respectable beards.
2: That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got a ginger in there. We got some, we got some beards.
0: That is, uh, like there's
2: one person that's not white. Good for you. Listener.
0: <laughs> I'll be upping the uh, diversity quota. Sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, anyway, uh, Thank you guys for uh, sending us a picture of the Austin meetup. Glad you had a fun time. And um, if you would like to meet listeners of the show in your area, of course, you can check out the community page of the website to find information for how to do that. MattChristensenmedia.com slash community. And uh, I'll bring it up once more because I forgot to promote it at the top of the show last week. But Bible study is back in full swing uh, Fridays at nine Eastern time. We have an hourly study each week, season two of the study that we're now two study sessions into. Uh, We started with Genesis. We have one more study on Genesis, and then we're moving into Acts for the bulk of the study. If you want more information on that Bible study page of my website, linked on the homepage. If you'd like to join to participate with us live, you can do that. Or if you'd like to just listen or read along passively, you can also do that on the Bible study page of the website. Anyway, before we get into the uh, major news of uh, what's going on in the Middle East, and if you're worried about you know, the prospect of war in the Middle East, don't worry, the FBI is going to get you way before the Islamic terrorists ever do. So, uh, in fact, actually, you're the terrorist if you were not informed yeah, that's true. Yeah. already. According to Newsweek this week, the federal government believes that the threat of violence and major disturbances around the U.S., Uh, around the the 2024 U.S. presidential election, rather, is so great that it uh, has quietly created a category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. An anonymous FBI source, the greatest, most reliable source there is, informs Newsweek that the FBI is intent on stopping domestic terrorism and any repeat of January 6th but it's an impossible position for the uh, FBI, says this FBI official, because the FBI must also preserve the constitutional rights of Americans to campaign, speak freely and protest the government. So if this position is impossible, the FBI must either stop the terrorists or respect constitutional rights, terrorists in air quotes, obviously, um, guess which one of these things is going to get sacrificed to, to get them out of this impossible position
2: well they're gonna do the right thing right yeah i'm
0: I'm sure the constitutional oath will be respected the fbi source says that by um focusing on trump and his supporters the fbi risks provoking the very anti-government attacks they are trying to prevent well is that a risk or is that the intent because aggressive prosecution of january 6th has in fact been a very useful tool to get people of a certain perspective too afraid to say what they really think or to organize with their neighbors about those ideas. Uh, Why stop the strategy while it's working? seems like this is yet another escalation. Any uh, other thoughts you had on that?
2: No, I've been dreading the show all the last two days. As soon as I got this Hamas news, I was like, fuck, I'm going to tank the show. I'm going to tank the show. And then I listened to Devin Stack's stream last night and I was like, he actually had a little blurb where he talked about people not talking about what's important on YouTube just so they can stay on YouTube. And I felt personally offended about this. Okay. I don't know how to dance around these issues. I don't know what to do here, man.
0: Well, I know obviously this is something that f- that people feel very passionately from uh, different perspectives. And I'm going to do my best to uh, present the factual information and the competing theories about what happened. Uh, but
2: Okay. All right. All right. I'll Just practice how, restraint to the best of my ability, which is well, not very good.
0: First, a, a damage assessment. Just how bad is it in the Middle East? Reports say the Gaza Strip is becoming a spirit Halloween imminently. So, prepare. <laughs> it's perfect timing. Prepare for that. Uh, uh, seriously speaking, perhaps not. Perhaps it is in fact in uh, poor, to- uh, poor uh, taste for me to joke about such things because the body count is uh, is quite high. Uh, As of this afternoon, I looked a few hours ago. The numbers I'm seeing as of just before the stream are higher. The numbers are 700 Israelis dead. Now I'm seeing that reported closer to 1100. It's going to keep climbing over 100 kidnapped and over 2200 injured, primarily in areas around the border with the Gaza Strip in the southwestern portion of the country. Again, expectations are that several hundred more dead are yet to be accounted for Uh, Saturday. That would make Saturday the deadliest day in Israel in decades. So what happened here is dozens of Hamas militants breached uh, the border into Israeli territory by land, sea and air in as many as 22 locations outside the Gaza Strip. As we'll get to, this air attack included the bizarre spectacle of primitive motorized paragliders flying into Israeli cities. Thousands of rockets were also fired into Israeli territory. Do, Do you have a comment about the paragliders?
2: Yeah, it would just be impossible to shoot them out of the sky using Mossad's like incredibly high level of technology.
0: There are Did some. Did you see those
2: videos? I are, could have shot them out of the sky. Me,
0: even blonde's it's, it's, marksmanship. Uh, it's there are, insane. Okay, there, there are certainly some questions that I I want to uh, discuss uh, momentarily. Um, the scenes of what happened. Speaking of YouTube community guidelines. Well, out of compliance with what I could show on YouTube. And frankly, uh, just like when the war in Ukraine broke out, I'm just very skeptical of all the video footage that I see in addition, including the paragliders. When I first saw that, I thought that's not that's not real. It's got to be some fake thing like what happened with all the Ukraine stuff that appears to be confirmed at this point. But we'll get to that in, in a moment. But because these scenes are so violent and because it's hard to tell what is uh, authentic to this event and what may be a misrepresentation, I'll forgo a lot of the footage, but you know, consult Twitter if you'd like to see it. Uh, the scenes that are circulating are graphic and horrific. Hamas militants going house to house, Hamas militants shooting civilians, taking civilian hostages, celebrating with horribly disfigured dead bodies. Did you see the one of the. German, I think she's a German citizen, an Israeli German citizen who's at this music festival and they had her body in the back of a truck, like bent into, I don't know, into a, a horrible shape. Did you see that one?
2: No, but I'm inclined to not believe almost anything that is.
0: Well, people are definitely dead. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'll definitely,
2: okay. I I'll meet you there.
0: There's a lot dead. of deaths. There's a lot of deaths. <laughs> um, Again, one of the targets appears to have been a music festival, ironically, I suppose, for peace uh, in in one of these uh, towns near the border. People were killed there and taken hostage. Now, as for the timeline, uh, all the times here are local. So this is how it developed. 6.35 a.m., again, local time. The first sirens warn of incoming rockets, uh, and the rockets are fired at cities uh, as far away as Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, but primarily Uh, Cities surrounding the border with Gaza 740 a.m. An hour later, the Israeli Defense Force confirms Hamas fighters crossed from Gaza into southern Israel by 820, 823. Hamas has taken hostages in southern Israel and fired another wave of of rockets. 1026 a.m. Israeli fighter jets strike their first targets in Gaza. 1221 in the afternoon, the Israeli military sends troops to the southern uh, to the southern portion of the country to reclaim the towns under attack by Hamas militants. By this time, Israel estimates that Hamas had fired 2,200 rockets. 1.46 in the afternoon, Israel said it has struck 21 buildings in the Gaza Strip that house Hamas military operations. Overnight, sirens continued to warn of rocket attacks. By 2.19 a.m., Israel claimed to have destroyed all uh, the sites used to launch the attacks. Reports earlier today say that 300 Palestinians were killed in Israel's initial retaliatory bombardment. As far as the uh, the border breach, Hamas militants are said to have done this by using vehicles, including a a bulldozer to break down uh, barriers, boats to invade by sea. And again, many of them use these motorized paragliders. There are several pieces of footage of these gliders just dropping men in. Here are a couple of examples. دلوقتي يا جدعان دول الصعقه المصريه سلاح المظلات وهو بينزل عندنا في نادي النصر مصر الجديده اه والله زي ما انتم شايفين كده النت اهي قدامنا اهي اهو اهو what are allegedly photos of the jihadis on these motorized paragliders in this example which again take it with a grain of salt because it's very hard to tell what's authentic and what's not they got like a selfie stick mounted there with a GoPro. So I don't know what kind of uh, crazy footage these jihadis got. And at first I thought, well, how are they doing this? Because my uh, basic understanding of paragliding, I thought you had to have like a high ground point to launch such a thing. And so I'm looking up the topography of the region, like where did they come from? How did they even do this? Technically speaking, I guess those big fans and the motor system gives them enough lift that they don't need, that like, they can a,
2: just launch from the ground.
0: I guess that's.
2: Oh wow! Huh. I have
0: no. This is the first time I've ever seen these things. To be honest with you, it looks like something from a cartoon that wouldn't work in real life, but uh, it apparently does. Uh, also, there is uh, some additional intel on uh, these paragliders. Uh, apparently, the leader of this paraglider squad, nicknamed uh, the Ghost of Akbar, by the way, the Ghost of Akbar, mm-hmm. also called the Eagle of Gaza. He is uh, Hamas soldier Samu al-Haidit. Have you heard of this man?
2: Mm. Well, because of the outline. So They're yeah. saying
0: he can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> um, now, seriously speaking, just like the Ukraine outbreak, there's a lot of nonsense circulating on Twitter. Yes, this is a joke, but realize much of the stuff that you see could likewise be entirely fraudulent. So, uh, that was the um, the initial development. Oh, there's... Uh, What is this? This is Samu al-Haidit's ID issued by the Palestinian Authority. looks authentic to me. 4chan verified, so that's good enough. Uh, Okay, but Israel has now formally declared war. That happened earlier today. Uh, They have declared war on Hamas, which sets the stage for a major military operation in Gaza. The fighting does continue on Israeli soil as the Israeli military is working to find and eliminate remaining Hamas militants. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has vowed retaliation, urging Palestinians living in Gaza to leave now. Unclear exactly what the response from Israel will be. But again, uh, Spirit Halloween confirms they are coming to Gaza very soon. So uh, this is this is probably we're probably looking at some very significant military action imminently. Now, as far as um, who is all involved here. uh there, there are a lot of claims of Iran's involvement, and then there are people denying Iran's involvement. But Hamas uh, is apparently openly saying that uh, that Iran was involved. Hamas military leader Mohammed Deif said, so obviously claimed Hamas's responsibility initially, but he said in a recorded message at the time of the attack that this was a Hamas ob- operation. "Quote, so that the enemy will understand that uh, the time of their rampaging without ac- accountability has ended." And then um, a Hamas spokesperson tells a BBC reporter that Hamas had backing from its ally Iran for this uh, su- for these surprise attacks on Israel, they say uh, what that backing means, whether that's just financial or whether that's some sort of other resource is not really explained here. But at least according to Hamas, Iran is involved uh, and so are well several other uh, Islamic militant groups. So Hezbollah actually joined the party earlier today or over the weekend. Uh, this is the Islamic militant group in nearby Lebanon to Israel's north. They, uh, Israel and Hezbollah exchanged artillery and rocket fire on Sunday. Hezbollah says their weapons were launched, quote, in solidarity with the Palestinians. Hezbollah hit the uh, Sheba Farms area, where the borders of Israel, Syria, and Lebanon meet. And even the Taliban is trying to get in on the action. <laughs> The Jerusalem Post is reporting that the Taliban has asked Iran for passage to Israel to help Hamas continue the attack. The Taliban wants passage to, quote, conquer Jerusalem if Iran, Jordan and Iraq are willing to grant them passage. I don't know. Are they going to ride their goats all the way from Afghanistan into uh, into the the Gaza area? It might take a little while, but those those Taliban guys, they are a hardy people. They probably could make the trek. If they had to,
2: yes, they could.
0: Okay, so as as far as um, theories and interpretations, uh, understand if you don't know already, and I have if I haven't revealed myself already, I am a near total ignoramus on the Israeli Palestinian conflict. Not a historian of it. Not on a team either way. My team is America. Uh, unfortunately, as we'll get to, we are already significantly involved. And there are many forces that are seeking to get us involved even further. So when we go through these interpretations, I don't intend to present them as things I necessarily agree with. These are just competing ways that people are understanding and seeing the situation and important questions that remain. And these interpretations aren't necessarily mutually exclusive either. It's not either or. It's just that these theories have some questions to answer. So first interpretation is just kind of the face value here or even intentional provocation by hamas even beyond just the action the violent action itself for the sake of the violent action itself Uh, because one would assume that gaza is about to get crushed one would assume that hamas probably knows that and according to this theory uh, perhaps that's what hamas and iran want because then the entire middle east is going to unite to declare war on israel and settle the fight once and for all Uh, The problem with this theory, or a problem potentially, is that it does ask us to believe that the U.S. and Israel are completely incompetent, which may not be so far fetched. I don't know.
2: Israel intelligence, Israeli intelligence is highly competent, highly competent, highly advanced, highly technologically driven. Do you even remember? Do you remember what Mossad was doing during the Harvey Weinstein thing? Which is like in the grand scheme of things, so small. He knew. Uh, they knew like every movement of all of the women that were accusing him of sexual assault, like the day to day movements. Like I, I've never stuff. heard that
0: before. That's news to so me. So
2: They probably have fa- advanced facial recognition technology. And I'm supposed to believe that they just like let these paratroopers in and they were like, well, how that happen? How could this possibly have happened? It, the whole thing is retarded. Like, there's no way that they did not allow this to happen and 100 percent see it coming.
0: 100%. Well, 100 percent. I I certainly can buy a high degree of government incompetence, but you would.
2: From our government.
0: Well, from any government, generally speaking. But I have to acknowledge that there is a lot of incompetence, apparently, in this case. Uh, Indeed. Uh, CNN reports yesterday that U.S. intel officials, speaking with the CNN's reporters, said that they received no warning through intelligence that Hamas was preparing an attack, leading to confusion about how Israel failed to detect signs of the rocket assault and the invasion. And again, it's not just—it's not strictly the volume of the rocket attack; it's—it's it's the things like the paragliders coming in. I mean, that—that that, this sort of stuff, as primitive as it appears. The the volume of this attack would have required some organization. This is not just a thing that you launch. You talk about on a Tuesday and launch on a Wednesday. There's a a lot of organization here, and to have no uh, no intel on that is something of a surprise. But this story does continue, as you mentioned. The Israelis historically have had dominant capabilities to monitor communications in Gaza. Not not just Harvey Weinstein, but in Gaza, of course. The Israelis have some of the best capabilities to break into encrypted communications, which presumably Hamas personnel would be using. Uh, not report, to
2: mention that the Gaza Strip is the most heavily monitored area of land, probably in the world.
0: I would assume so. I don't know for sure, but uh, I would assume. And that it's there not are, that big. Like yeah. the
2: idea that there's a breach just seems beyond the. It, there's just no way.
0: This uh, report says that USF. you're welcome to chime in. I'm just trying to tell you what they're telling us. The report says that U.S. officials were shocked that Hamas's preparation was not detected. So how could this happen? Well, it's just complacency. That's the current explanation. This morning on ABC's morning show, military analyst Colonel Steve Ganyard says it's exactly that. It's just complacency. And that explains how this happened. Uh, Everybody, the Israeli intelligence community, the U.S. intelligence community, they all just got lazy
3: the big question how could this happen what a massive intelligence failure yeah george there's a a saying complacency kills and certainly complacency was part of this huge intelligence failure but there's also deeper uh, systemic failures that the israelis will have to figure
1: out
0: okay um
2: they just have to figure it out yeah i mean no fucking clue what's going on at any given time
0: It is certainly a big ask for me to believe that a country with the highest tech and existential threats on all sides suddenly just stopped caring because they thought they had the whole thing taken care of. Uh, Also, an important question to ask. I've seen some conflicting reports. I had heard people claiming that because, of course, Israel has a sophisticated missile defense system. I had seen some claims that the Iron Dome is the name. I'd seen some claims that the Iron Dome was down or inoperable or not working. As far as I understand, that's not correct or not correct, correct characterization. Um, According to this reporting, at least another reporting I've seen, it would the reason that there were intermittent gaps in the Iron Dome's effectiveness was just a volume question. There were 5000 rockets fired in a 20 minute period, uh, taking out what they could. That left the Iron Dome intermittently unavailable because they had to reload. And if that volume is correct, I, I find that to be pretty believable. Um, whether or not you find the the idea that 5,000 rockets could be fired without any prior knowledge believable, if you fire something in that volume in that short amount of time, I, it makes sense that a defense system could just get overwhelmed. But I guess that's the explanation for how the paragliding jihadis got in too. There's just no more. No, I don't know if the Iron Dome can take out paragliding jihadis. Like it can take out incoming rockets but can it take out a paragliding jihadi i don't know um but uh that is this that is what happened with the iron dome the reporting says it's um it's a question of volume and it was simply overwhelmed and uh again while it is sort of hard for me to believe that pure incompetence is the explanation for how this happened with nobody having any sign that that it was coming i will remind myself who's in charge at least in our country and how incompetent they are We are talking the dumbest of the dumb here, at least in the U.S. I know far less about Israeli officials, Um, but here's Biden National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan about two weeks ago saying that the Middle East is about as quiet as it as it has been in two decades time. What we said is we want to depressurize, deescalate and ultimately integrate the Middle East region. The war in Yemen is in its 19 month of truce. For now, the Iranian attacks against U.S. forces have stopped. Our presence in Iraq is stable. I emphasize for now because all of that can change. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades.
2: These people aren't in charge.
0: Well, he is he is not an Israeli official, that's for sure. Uh, But he is a guy who works closely with Israeli officials. But Israel's
2: driving the bus. All right.
0: Like yeah, to act I mean, like
2: American I, officials were just at the behest of Israel. That's really what's going on here.
0: I suppose you could say he just uh, doesn't have all the he doesn't have all the information he needs to make a, a correct statement. But uh, reminder, uh, Jake Sullivan was also Hillary's closest foreign policy advisor at the uh, State Department during the Benghazi attack. So
2: oh, that guy has all the information.
0: Well, if he, he has all the in, then I guess he's just a liar, which I could also yes. believe <laughs> yeah. yes, he's
2: a goddamn liar. Yeah. That's I mean, what's that's, happening. Here. That's
0: not hard for me to believe uh, in the, the line between incompetence and lies might be uh, somewhat thin or thinly veiled, at least. OK, um, but what if it is isn't? What if it is isn't incompetence that explains all of this? Well, that brings us to what would be considered the tinfoilier explanation that there's some. I there reject
2: was, that characterization
0: i'm just saying what the powers that be (laughs) would call it the idea here is just that there's some sort of prior knowledge perhaps even intent going on um Mm -hmm. if the israeli defenses and intel capabilities are as truly great as advertised perhaps there was some knowledge that there was an attack coming uh some things to know per the new york times coverage of the story uh, let me find that story here Uh, The conflict being this this renewed conflict with Hamas and this pending war here, the conflict will unite Israel behind its government with the opposition canceling its planned demonstrations against Netanyahu's proposed judicial changes and obeying calls for reservists to muster. It will give Netanyahu full political cover to do what he wants, said the uh, New York Times analyst. So, again, in a in a hypothetical situation, this is just the theory. Um, If Israel wanted to launch a major offensive, could it be the case that an attack was allowed to happen to justify an offensive? That would be be the first
2: time in world history. What about Pearl Harbor?
0: Uh, Yeah, well, there's there's there have been theories about that for many different attacks. Um, But if that was the case. In addition to just the barbarism of just allowing an attack this horrific to happen for the pursuit of political ends and and all of the moral problems that that has, um, I think this case has at least one problem with it politically as well, uh, in that Israel presently, or at least before this conflict, was gaining power and influence in the region, not really losing it. Uh, Israel was right about to reach a peace deal with Saudi Arabia, along with the U.S., If completed, it it would result in the Saudis establishing warm relations with Israel for the first time. And that has happened with several other countries over the last few years. The deal that was right about to be completed at the end of September reported uh, reportedly included security guarantees for the Saudis, Israeli assistance with technology to move the Saudis beyond an oil based economy. Israel, uh, they are primarily seeking recognition that would counter views in the region that their country is not legitimate, of course. Now with Israel back at war, the effect on this potential deal is unknown. But presumably, that effect is very negative. Presumably, the deal is on hold at best, maybe dead, at worst. So the question you have to ask if you think that there that was isn't
2: so- their modus operandi though. Well, it, being it, in cahoots with the Saudis, like that's not what they want. They want to destroy Palestine, and they want America to go to war with Iran. Like, do they really give a fuck about Saudi Arabia? Like, genuinely? Is it well, that I think important? Y-
0: you'd have to acknowledge that they, through peaceful means, they were gaining influence and power in the region. And this would be if there was knowledge of it ahead of time, and they allowed it to happen. It would be counter to that trend. It would be counter to that uh, effort. Not that it's impossible. Yeah, but ha- perhaps
2: but, things are not as momentous as they wanted them to be, well, or immediate.
0: There is another potential. There is another detail that uh, people have brought up that I think is worthy of at least considering. Uh, We don't know exactly what this deal was going to become. We don't really know all the specifics of it. You get little pieces here and there that are leaked out to the the press. But it's it's a lot of it is just secret until it's signed and announced. Um, But on Wednesday, a group of 20 Democrat senators sent a letter to Biden urging him to secure more Israeli concessions in the deal, including movement toward a two-state solution with Palestinians an Israeli commitment not to annex any of the West Bank, to halt settlement construction and expansion, and free travel with Palestinian areas. It's possible, I suppose, that Israel actually wanted out of the deal and the deal was developing against their favor, maybe. You know, again, we kind of have to read between the lines of this Senate letter, and just because senators are sending Biden a letter doesn't mean that's what they were going to the table with Israel trying to get. Um, But unless you have any more commentary on on those competing theories, I want to get to um, American considerations here, because there are many.
2: Oh, we can talk about that.
0: The American considerations? All right. Well, all of that there are
2: many. Yeah, What are we going to do?
0: All of that in my preference would be summarized with uh, the Mike Pence line. That is not my concern.
2: Well, it's not my concern
0: because I'm an American. It is.
2: It is our concern. That's not
0: my concern in the ideal world. Uh, But of course, by virtue of many factors, it already is our concern to a deep extent. I suspect that's what you mean, unless you uh, want to correct me on that.
2: No, that is what I mean. I mean, whether or not we like it or we consented to it, we have been made to become wildly entrenched, particularly financially with Israel. And now, like, did you see DeSantis come out like immediately and say, like, we stand behind Israel, we, all of these politicians. And then it just, took, it just took this happening for people like Laura Loomer to come out and say, we need to literally say, we need to turn the region into glass. We need to destroy these people. Can you imagine taking that stance on any other uh, foreign conflict in the world right now? Well, I mean, in so fairness, wildly unpopular, like we're so deep in this. That people yeah, I mean, can't even see
0: in fairness, that, of course, is the stance against Israel by these Hamas militants. They would turn it to glass if they could. Um, but I agree. I have seen a lot of statements in response from people saying things like there are no innocent Palestinians. OK, I mean, that, that's so asinine th- that that is, a, I think, a very dangerous statement. And again, this is none of this is to say like, oh, that's just Hamas being Hamas. The scenes I've seen are horrible. The scenes I've seen are terrible. Uh, they're some of the worst violence I've seen in a long time. Frankly, I don't, I don't want any part of that. And I'm not in, obviously I'm not downplaying that or endorsing that. Uh,
2: but nobody's talking about, about where this stands on the scale of fucking around and finding out like there are, what if this is just a reaction to, to the behavior of Israel?
0: Yeah. But but think about about it. Like, let's put it this way. Um, the U S as a matter of foreign policy has done a lot of fucking around in the middle East.
2: We're sure if a
0: jihadi comes to my house and kidnaps my grandma and shoots me in the face, that's not just finding out that is, that is a moral wrong and a completely misaligned method of justice.
2: Do you think that's what's going on? Well,
0: there's yeah, they, they have, they have hostages currently who are innocent civilians.
2: OK, I, I mean, so what is, what is the what is the appropriate moral response from Palestinians in this situation?
0: I think if you have a if you have a dispute, the, the trouble here is we're not really talking country to country necessarily. We're talking like country versus uh, sort of disorganized group of militants, you know, like. Sm- yeah. So my my answer in the ideal is if you have a political dispute, you settle that through political means of kind of military on military. That's not really what's going on here because that's not the way that Hamas is organized. So whether I agree with Hamas's grievances or not, if they were targeting Israeli military targets, I would have a, I would have significantly less moral dispute with that than targeting civilians. Like they're making grandma's pose for pictures and stuff like, you know. It's- but
2: what about the, the morality of American involvement? This is where they really lose me here hmm. um, because my borders compromised. My country uh, destroyed by diversity initiatives, by foreign diversity initiatives. But now I'm being made to support an, uh, virtually an apartheid state, and it's bullshit. I, like I want no part of this, but I'm being made to. This is oh, the new course. Ukraine. Me, I, Everybody has to side with Israel on this. Asking any questions is anti-Semitic. They're not going to hear any opposing viewpoint. Yeah,
0: all the opposing um,
2: viewpoints are going to be silenced. No questions can be asked. It's insane.
0: I'm not sure that I agree that the title apartheid state necessarily applies, but if your question is, should we be on the hook for this financially? Of course, I'm in agreement. No, this is not our response. Uh, Yeah, we're going
2: to we're going to pay for this.
0: Yes. (laughs) Should we? No, of course not. Uh, But (laughs) moving into the American involvement here, because again, in the in at least my ideal world, the answer would be. That sucks. That looks wildly immoral and very bad. Also, not my fight to fight. We have a lot of problems in this country. To your point, status quo is not that. Status quo is massive amounts of U.S. financial and resource involvement in the region, and politicians propagandizing to get you to believe that this isn't just a matter of your financial entanglement. This is a matter of you being a party to the war already. This is uh, Nikki Haley... Uh, on, on Fox News yesterday, current presidential candidate and formerly former U.N. ambassador, of course, she said this is this isn't just like an attack on America. It is an attack on America because jihadis hate us as much as they hate the Israelis.
2: This should be personal for every woman and man in America. Why? Why? Because when they did this, when they did this surprise attack, when they took these hostages, when they murdered these families, they were celebrating. And what were they celebrating? They were saying death to Israel, death to America. This is not just an attack on Israel. This is an attack on America because they hate us just as much. And I'll say this to, to prime minister Netanyahu, finish them. Finish them. Hamas did this. You know Iran's behind it. Finish them. What is she talking about? Can you imagine the, the absolute force and, and financial backing that it would require to finish Iran?
0: Uh, well, I, I'm pretty sure they think we have a piggy bank big enough for that.
2: That's insane. Ukraine, that is an insane warmongering, world war level Stance to take.
0: Even the premise, if I grant it, the idea of military involvement or US involvement does not follow because I don't care who hates me, actually. I care about who attacks me, and there is a major difference. Just think about this interpersonally. You have all the right in the world, and I mean you out there, I mean you, blonde, and you, person listening to this right now, you have all the right in the world to hate me personally. You can sit around stewing about your hatred of me all day long. I would not be justified in walking up to you and punching you square in the face by virtue of you hating me. It is only if you act on your hatred and you come and attack me that I would be justified with some sort of physical or violent response. So you don't have to think about this much differently in terms of geopolitics than you do just how you would handle interpersonal conflict. Hate of someone, they hate you. Okay, that doesn't mean I get to go to their house and shoot them though. Uh, You know, there has to be a little more aggression than that. Plus, there is a major question here in her reasoning. Do the jihadis and I suppose a lot of people in the Middle East just generally, do they hate us automatically or do they hate us because of our persistent meddling in the region? Might their hate moderate somewhat if we stopped some of that meddling? Do they just it's the old George W. Bush line. They hate us for our freedom. Now, I don't doubt I don't think
2: so. I don't they doubt that because they're we're funding their, their greatest enemy.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't doubt that there are incompatible values, you know, um, that I don't think
2: that's the heart of it. I think that they yeah. would live separately with us and yeah. not be trying to kill us as much as they. in do.
0: the same way that I look at most of the Islamic world as a westerner. And I think hmm, not how I would organize things, not my set of values. I might even go as far as to say I hate the way that they've organized their societies. Is that hatred so strong that I have this urge to go blow them up because of it? Or is it like, eh, keep your shit over there and uh, I'll stay over here. And okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I I guess maybe I'm being naive about how militant these people are. I just, I have a hard time believing that if there was no U S involvement in the region, and I know given the status quo, that's something of a pipe dream, but in a hypothetical where there was no U S involvement in the region, that the Muslim world would just be sitting around stewing about their hatred for the United States and plotting an attack to come get us. Yeah. I just don't think that's the case. I think they've done, they've been warring with each other for quite some time, you notice. Probably just be sticking to that for a while. By the way, the U.S. war hawking is going to intensify if preliminary reports are correct. Reportedly, there are at least four U.S. citizens among the dead. No information Mm -hmm. on identities, but... I would assume Nikki Haley and company are going to come out saying it's an attack on you because American citizens were killed. By the way, uh, us involvement, uh, on both sides. It's it's funny. It's like, yeah, you know, the U S is involved by virtue of, uh, you, you think we're just funding like one side of a conflict. Uh, no, we're often funding both sides. Um, and that starts with the Hamas and Iran side. Uh, of course, uh, the argument that um, you know, the argument that we shouldn't be involved, like I'm saying, has to deal with the reality that we that we already are, uh, and and that acknowledges our our foreign aid to Israel, which is about four billion dollars a year. So there's one side of the conflict, and then the other side of the conflict, of course, would be Hamas and Iran, and uh, there's been a lot of uh, criticism, I think justifiably or deservedly, over the weekend for for Biden. Uh, freeing up another $6 billion of Iranian money. This was the prisoner deal last month. In exchange for prisoners held by Iran, the U.S. agreed to free up $6 billion in frozen Iranian assets. Now, Biden defenders say that the money was designated for humanitarian purposes. It's closely monitored for proper usage. So far, none of that money has actually been spent. As far as I understand, that's actually correct. But of course, if you're Iran and you have a $6 billion payday coming in next month or over the course of the next few years, You might take some of the money that you have in some of your other accounts and you might buy some new clothes or you might buy a nice new car or you might buy 5000 rockets and fire them over the course of 20 minutes. Um, But we're also arming Hamas. So it's not just uh, like the, the, the money that is being exchanged here or at least freed up. Again, it's Iranian assets that were freed up as part of the deal. As a technical matter, and I know the fact checkers love this one. No, it's not U.S. taxpayer dollars going to Iran. It's Iranian assets that were frozen in American-controlled or Western-controlled banks that were now freed up as a part of this deal. But, uh, but we're arming Hamas in multiple different ways. So a, uh, a high-ranking Israeli Defense Force commander tells a U.K. reporter that Hamas militants have been found with American weapons left over in Afghanistan. So presumably the goat trip from Afghanistan to Israel was already done by some of these uh, Taliban guys. And that's how American weapons found their hands into Hamas jihadis. Hamas is also claiming hilariously that Ukraine sold them some of the weapons that they used to (laughs) attack Israel. As one of the uh, I don't have the reply handy, but best reply on this particular tweet from this U.K. reporter. um, Hamas even got 10 percent off from Ukraine and free shipping using promo code big (laughs) guy to get the American weapons. So, I mean, if all of this is true and again, you know, some of it might be misreported or misunderstood. But we've got like cash flow to Israel. We've got at least the freeing up of Iranian assets. So there's like direct money involvement on our behalf. For both sides of the conflict. Plus we have arms flowing. From various places. We've either left them or intentionally sent them. Across the globe. Um, yeah. I mean it, it's not just like. Oh we shouldn't be involved. for for in, in picking one side of this fight. And sending our own resources. And our own human resources. Our own men over there to fight. Th- this conflict is as hot as it is. Because of the resources that we are either providing or freeing up to fuel it. Because of course, yes. Another thing to notice. Uh, sorry. Do you have a thought? Nope. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> your border may not matter, but uh, Israel's sure does. That is uh, very important. This is secretary of state, Anthony Blinken. I miswrote in the notes here. It's not Anthony Blinken. It's Anthony Blinken. Never forget. That's so stupid. Antony Blinken, Secretary of State this morning, explaining that no country, he said no democracy, I guess, specifically no democratic country um, can survive a scenario where foreign invaders are crossing a border. How could you? No country
3: should be expected to live with the, uh, the fear, uh, the, uh, the possibility and now the actuality of terrorists crossing a border. Coming into people's homes, gunning them down in the street, dragging them across the border, and uh, making hostages of them—that is intolerable for any democracy.
2: Okay. Let, okay. Now, do um, American opioid crisis, uh, people that have been killed in gang violence from people from like, south of the border. What about that? Uh, people, people of all sorts get through our border illegally and legally, for that matter, which is somehow worse. That this this standard of border integrity that they're applying to israel and the demands that are being made on us would never ever fly ever for an american that was trying to say that they deserve border integrity in the same way that israel does
0: yeah this is asinine i, mean, I actually agree with his point that no country can survive under such circumstances exhibit A: look at our own country yeah uh, but i guess he he and the administration would tell me oh no we're doing We're doing fine, actually. More on the uh, Biden administration's sudden discovery of the utility of borders in a moment. But, um, but as we get near the top of the hour, I'll just kind of round it out. My 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 personal broad level take or, or just understanding of this scenario. I don't I don't have a problem with a country defending itself from invasion or attack. And if the sort of thing that I just saw happened happened in my country, I would expect my country to respond uh, in a proportional, I hope, targeted way to take out the people that did it. However, when this happens in a foreign country across the world, uh, among two parties that are not my country, I might have commentary on who I think is right or who holds the moral high ground. But I certainly have no obligation to fund it. Or there's no obligation for my friends or me or my family to go die for it. And even if I have no problem with an Israeli response in principle, I am incredibly skeptical and just on guard because of the fact that the people with the Ukraine flag emojis and the pins are going to be the same ones with the Israeli flags and pins. And I know that's not rock solid reasoning just to look at like, well, that guy that I don't trust thinks this. So it's probably not right
2: evidence, though,
0: but it's like the same people that have tried to program me with the current thing for the last X amount of years are now all on board programming me for this current thing. I know forever wars are very fashionable and profitable right now. And so I'm just uh, skeptical of anyone enthusiastic to get involved. You know, I, I think there's obviously a big distinction between. Um, trying to evaluate the morality of the situation and what's going on between the two parties there and cheerleading for us to, to be funding it, fighting it, being directly involved because they're going to come here and get us if we don't. Those are two very different things. And uh, I reject the idea that if, if you don't want the U.S. to go be a Superman over there and save the day, that somehow yeah. you're pro-terrorist or you're not sympathetic with the attacks that are happening.
2: But they've designed this propaganda so they can reach critical mass within the, the populace so that people don't lose their government positions. Hmm. Uh, and, and we have to be really suspicious of that. It's like, why does every, should every person support Israel right now? Why is that uh, the moral imperative of every American? We have to think, like, like why would they want this? Why would they want border integrity for Israel, but not for the United States? Um, and I don't think enough people are asking that question. People are are, are jumping on board just like the Ukraine thing. Uh, and I think that the government's in a dangerous position because never have Americans been more questioning than they are right now.
0: Yeah, I, I well, I hope so. I mean, my God, after the, if you, if you are not questioning everything that the official narrative propagators tell you, and specifically the government people, if you're not questioning everything they tell you, I don't know what more you need to see over the last few years. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean- Obviously, going, kidnapping, shooting civilians, innocent people—not cool. Shouldn't do it. Don't want any part of that. Um, but I, I do feel like there is. Yeah, a, but, but
2: it also happens.
0: It does. The, Doesn't mean it's these right. Things happen. It's not, and, no, but, of course not. But yeah. but
2: we don't uh, we don't involve ourselves in every foreign affair. No, uh, where there's an immorality, nor should we. Uh, it's it's the job of these local regions to figure things out on their own. But because we have become so financially entangled with israel we don't even have the luxury of making that decision and now sure. i'm morally obligated to support israel why
0: well and that's the thing is like i can i can look at all of those scenes and i can grant every premise that i'm being asked to like look how horrible this is these are uh, mobs of gunmen roaming through cities and kidnapping and killing people seemingly at random people who are innocent and have nothing to do with any sort of military conflict i can see all that and say that's bad that is terrible and then I'm, but the, the 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 premises or the conditions for that to happen in our country exist right now right. on our own border. This is
2: happening in every American city because of the open borders and diversity initiative. And like, I'm supposed to give a fuck about Israel? Why? I mean,
0: I I do. I care about any innocent victimized in that way. It's just, you know, do I do I feel like our country has an obligation to go? And fight that and fund that before we prevent the same situation from happening on our own border. And by the way, even if you like maybe you want to downplay the cartels and what's going on with all the immigrants at the southern border because you don't think that's a serious of a threat. Well, if you just watched what happened in Israel with the motorized paragliders and you think that's a very serious threat, which, again, all the evidence shows that it is. And you and you you also present me with the premise that these people hate me enough to come over here and kill me the second that they're done with Israel. They're bringing their curvy Aladdin sword over to behead me. Well, you must acknowledge that if you're a foreign terrorist bent on harming Americans on American soil, the southern border is the place that you go. Where do you think they're going to go if they want to paraglide into our country? You find some mountain in Mexico and you go straight over the Rio Grande. So it's it's just frustrating. It's like, yeah, pretty much all of your moral premises. Granted, those conditions exist to victimize our country. And I just think let's take care of our country first. Is that is that so wrong? Is that so terrible?
2: No, of course not. But we can't take care of our country first because we have so much uh, financial interest in Israel. Like, how could we even do that? We're so inextricably intertwined. It's like it's like a freaking hydra. Like, how how are we going to get out of our involvement there? We Um, we can start by by not giving them any more foreign aid. That's kind of the
0: question of, like, how are we going to get Congress to return its own power to the states? Uh, You're not. Never.
2: It's just never going to happen. You're
0: not until the situation corrects itself very abruptly. Uh, And it will. Pendulums do swing. I, of course, again, I want all of these pendulums to swing gently and safely in the appropriate direction. But to the extent that the powers that be want them swinging violently. I guess violent swings it shall be. Uh, I don't take any joy. I, I I don't take eagerness in that. It's with great regret that I say something like that. I just see the trajectory of all of this and I can't speculate anything otherwise.
2: I think that what we all can agree on though, is that Laura Loomer needs to be stopped.
0: Uh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I, uh, For Twitter today. No, no. I was like, oh I'm not going <laughs> to make any jokes because they would be so incredibly poor taste i was gonna make it's like premise a is laura loomer premise b is hamas they there's a meeting no (laughs) i'm just (laughs) that's how we resolve this you know you want peace in the middle east okay hamas militants come together and just give laura loomer a ride on your motorized paraglider Oh, I love it. And there's an unlikely oh. romance and everybody comes together and there's finally peace in the Middle East. No, I don't know. I actually yeah, did not. Yeah, Laura s-
2: Loomer and Hamas, like everyone in Hamas.
0: Uh, I, I should not. I should not pick sides. I didn't even see her tweet, her tweets. So I have no idea. I'm just guessing what the tweets were. So
2: That's anti-Semitic. Okay.
0: No, I'm sorry. Anyway, we're at the top of the hour. If you've said everything is it over,
2: are we canceled? I I think we we do it.
0: I think we've made it. I hope that, you know, if you made it through the first hour and you're not enraged at one or both of us, uh, that is a success. Um, And I fully acknowledge, again, I expect this is probably something where people are going to people are mad. And it's uh, or at least some people I'm going to email him and tell him how it is. Yeah, there probably are a lot of you who know a lot more about this conflict than I do. And I'm. I'm going to try to be humble enough to admit that I'm not pretending like I'm some expert who has all the answers on it. I'm just, I guess what I'm tired of is people who have similar ignorance to me, suddenly knowing all the ins and outs and all the, the the morality of the situation, all the solutions, and then kind of lecturing and browbeating everybody else. Uh, because there's clearly one easy answer that everyone must subscribe to. And if you don't, you're, you're a bad guy. Totally. Um, so so of course, if you have thoughts that conflict with mine, I welcome uh, you to, to send those my way with the only ask of like, you know, I, I'm trying to assume good intentions of people on all sides of this dispute. Try to assume good intentions on mine as well. It is very much appreciated.
2: I have to pee so right. bad. What
0: well, you let me get into super
2: chats or did you want to? Yeah,
0: I can. Uh, I can read some Rumble Super Chats. It's, uh, it's right about that crazy. time. and. Okay. All right, we'll catch you back in a couple minutes. Over on Rumble, Mike Davis Smoke Show says, I have the ultimate movie review for Matt and Rebecca. Everyone do yourselves a favor in Google. Top alien movie of 1992. Thank me later. You know, I think I've heard this before. And as I recall, the uh, title to do or the title was something to do with uh, with the N word. And I was right. The title is indeed not just the N word. Homosexuality too. The title is "Gay N Words from Outer Space," 1992 movie. He said the N word, and it's uh it's Danish too. That uh, intrigues me even more. It's a Scandinavian production. I gotta check this out. i Haven't seen it yet. Someone, I try not to influence the movie selection or the movie segment too much. But if you're a future movie nominator and you are looking for. Just something a little out there to put into your nominations. Gay N-Words from Outer Space, I think, would collect a few votes. Robin D. Banks says, Matt and I once made love. He blew it up like Hamas, uh, launching his missile directly into my depth. Ninja Kitty Bonks, I'm over on Rumble. Come mosey on down sometime and say howdy. New fanfic coming too. Well, thank you, Robin, and I'm glad you've made the trip over to Rumble um, it do, uh, That's a good time to remind everyone. Of course, I want to make the show available and accessible wherever people want to watch it. So I'm not trying to direct you here or there, but one thing people ask me frequently is, Hey, how can I support the show in a way that keeps the most money away from Raja Muhan or the other Rajah powers Mughan. that be just so you're aware rumble takes if not no fee, effectively no fee on your super chats. Raja Muhan over at YouTube is collecting 30% on every single one that you send. So again, I understand why people like YouTube. Rumble has a few shortcomings, even though it's a great developing product. But if you're the sort of person who wants to avoid paying the big tech powers that be, there are opportunities elsewhere. Thank you, Robin. Uh, Yakko. 1977. My workplace is having a diversity and inclusion week. I guess they're trying to increase their ESG score. I can't stand the, the hyphen American nonsense. Why is just being an American asking uh, too much? Yeah, I, I guess I've never really thought it. Like, it would make as much sense for me to call myself a Danish American. In fact, it would make more sense in many contexts because my Danish ancestors were here around the year 1900, as far as I understand, which is after many uh, descendants of formerly enslaved people actually arrived. I don't, I mean, it, it, I guess it,
2: Wait, what was the question though?
0: Well, why does the hyphen American thing stick around so much? Like why African American, um, you know, Hispanic American? Well, I guess they don't really hyphenate that, but you know what I mean? Like if you're, you're a Chinese American, whatever, why does that stick around so much?
2: People care about race,
0: but not yeah. white people. Like because I've never heard, not s- allowed to. I never heard someone who's like, I'm a French American. Or yeah, at least I mean, we rarely.
2: Would you bring that back?
0: You want more hyphens.
2: So long I have to say that they're African Americans, I should I should say I'm an English American. Or an original settler. Fair is fair.
0: Does your family go that far back?
2: Sixteen
0: oh seven. I think you've probably mentioned that before. That's really cool historically. Mm-hmm. Um but
2: Yeah, probably half of them died on the Mayflower or whatever. Yeah. And then I still have to listen to people tell me that like Ooh, my family didn't build anything i'm like okay tell them to like the lady that gave birth on the mayflower good lord
0: shadow uh shadow band 420 says illegal immigration is at unseen levels my theory sorry this adjusted on me a second here is uh, my theory is that it not only counts toward election fortification also sales tax and cheap labor those in charge enable it watch nuance bros documentary well i think that for the powers that be illegal immigration has a whole host of benefits that they want to cash in on. I'm sure that's probably one of them. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even if illegal immigrants are avoiding things like income tax and employment related taxes, if they're being paid under the table, uh, when you go to the store and you buy a loaf of, well, I guess bread isn't commonly taxed, but let's say you go to the store and you buy a soda or something. That's not, you know, something that's outside usual tax protections. Yeah. You're paying the three, four 5% tax at the gas station or the grocery store on that point taken. Robin D banks also says Matt and Becca, check your inboxes. I sent you both exclusive proof of them trying to use this one chick for propaganda, but it's all fake. Uh, I will check my email. Uh, take your gander when you can, I'll check my email uh, probably tomorrow for sure. But I assume you're probably talking about the, the girl I was talking about. Who's like at the music festival and bent into like her body was a swastika. It was like so bent and weird. Uh, yeah, she continues. Shari, the German-Israeli, was an SJW trying to get migrants into Europe. Too many came, and she went to Israel, joined the IDF, and uh, was a Satan-worshipping <laughs> degenerate. Check your inbox, guys. I sent proof. I'll have to take a look at it. Thank you for the intel. <laughs> Mr. Nibble says, getting to uh, message after a tight summer. Just got to try Old West soap and love the smell. The ball tingler gets all the love, but don't sleep on the other offering. My wife also loves... Oak. Uh oak. I always call it oak. Oat plus almond. Wife loves oat plus almond. Cheers. Thank you for the free advertising.
1: We love you. You're very special.
0: Uh Old West was not uh truth be told, on Old West, that was not necessarily my scent idea. It was one of those where he sent me some samples and I smelled it and it was like that. That's the scent I want. So the scent scent design was not actually mine, although the title was because I thought that's cool. That smells like like a like a leathery, oaky, cool. Like it just it just smells like a it smells like a cowboy, but a good smelling cowboy, (laughs) (laughs) which I have much expertise in sniffing cowboys on the regular. I am the the Joe Biden of cowboys. I see one. I can't help but sniff. Uh, That's enough on that
2: topic. I believe you, though. I believe you.
0: Ogan Maddox says gay N words from outer space is still on YouTube as of a couple of weeks ago. Hey, if it is the selection of the masses, I will certainly watch it. Uh, thank you guys on rumble. We're good there. You want to catch us up on a little uh, tippy and YouTube.
2: True do Zorzi. I'm going to read these through and then we're going to circle back. Okay. All right. Shout out to Calibrimber in the discord and his young adults group. Y'all are great. And Canada is a less horrible place for it. Now I'm going to read these through the truth of any given facet of reality cannot be consistently discerned by the immediate facts and data, but rather by how it measures against its neighboring concepts. This principle is the sole reason why we can see the lie beneath all the hoaxes that pop up in the news with such accuracy, despite a dearth of supporting evidence for their lack of validity as told data studies, news broadcasting are subject to manipulation either intentionally or subconsciously, but the axioms of existence remain An ideologue can point to a meta-analysis of a myriad of studies that show that genital butchery is a means of helping people with dysphoria. Their argument is tantamount to nonsense, but to give counter studies or point out errors in the studies is to get lost in the weeds. We know the argument is nonsense as it cannot fit within the greater picture of existence. The problem is that the left's entire, the leftist's entire worldview is twisted into an abomination. One of their lies is inconsistent with reality, but it is consistent with the other neighboring lies. Quote, trans women are women because gender is an expression separate from sex. Is a neighboring lie that leads to, quote, reality is subjective. It's a lived experience, exactly. This web of lies is consistent enough when weighed against itself that it's capable of persisting and only loses its standing when reduced to first principles. To convince a leftist they're wrong on any given topic, you'd functionally need to disprove its neighboring concept and then those concepts, neighboring concepts, for them to shed their ideology, they'd be committing a sort of suicide with everything they believe in being a race. To come back from that level of indoctrination, they need to be intelligent enough, good-willed enough, and humble enough to completely shed everything they believe in favor of truth. This threshold is far too great for the vast majority of people. That is so true. And we see this. Um, this is a, an, an Alinskyite tactic on indoctrinating the masses. When you have a. Um, a propaganda that becomes identity based it and, and that is a young, very young people are subjected to that from, you know, from birth basically it becomes so intrinsic to their sense of self that, that undoing that, it just um it creates all this cognitive dissonance and, and it, it can't be done because it's not what they believe it's who they are. Uh, and we're seeing that so much, that's why this gender ideology thing, although I think it's something of a Trojan horse, um, for pedophilia, uh, and a bit of a red heron. I, I think that everybody looks at it and they're like, that's insane. Unless you believe it, unless you believe that you can choose these biological elements of yourself. And that's such a dangerous position. Um, uh, but it's not just the gender theory stuff. The left does it with all sorts of. Shit. It's all their identity, right? All the stuff they believe.
0: Thank you, Zorzi. Very much appreciated.
1: We love you. You're very special.
0: That might be the most in-depth chat we've ever received. Um, I just had a couple thoughts on it before we uh, wrap up on chats for the moment, but I don't know if this is exactly what you're getting at, uh, Zorzi, but it's kind of a tangential theme, and it's one of the things I appreciated from uh, what was the Alec Baldwin submarine movie we just watched? Uh, uh, Hunt for Red Red October. Yeah. Um, And it was that point where all the computers and all the data are telling the guy, the U.S. US guy who's trying to find the the submarine, they're telling him X, Y and Z. And he says, no, I think A, B and C, despite what the computers tell me, lo and behold, he's correct. And even though I hate arguments that are made on sort of subjective human emotion as a general rule or just by default, There's something to be said for just gut level human intuition that computers and data and science just can't Can't match. There's something there. I'm not saying that you should make all of your judgments in life gut level or but it's it's like there's there's no amount of it'd be like if you presented me with a mountain of studies that show cold blooded murder is beneficial for society because actually it killed off people who were going to commit serious crimes or otherwise corrupt society later. And so here's study A, B, and C, and here's a meta-analysis showing that cold-blooded murder is beneficial, and we should do it. Even though I don't have a whole Excel spreadsheet of of counter data to show you, there's something about gut-level human understanding that tells you, doesn't matter, that's wrong. It's not a data or a science concept. It's some fundamental moral truth that tells you you don't kill people in cold blood, dude, even if it's yeah, advantageous right. for a certain objective or a certain condition that you're trying to achieve. So th- that's how I look at a lot of these like transgender things. It's like I don't I actually don't care if you show me that it's beneficial to the extent that it's fundamentally immoral in the same way you mm-hmm. could show me like robbery is beneficial for the robber as long as he gets away with it because he's personally enriched. Yeah, yeah but it's exactly. still wrong, though. So without fundamental moral premises, science, like science, is an amoral concept. As in, without morality, it's not evil. It's also not um, its own moral construct. Science can be a justification to do tremendously wrong things.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So I don't know if I'm getting exactly, if I'm getting at exactly what we're talking about, Zor's, but I just like Zor's. Why do I Zorzi? I I, I think I'm saying it wrong. Um, But. The idea that I think we increasingly become a society that is lacking moral clarity and just subservient to whatever the numbers or the studies tell us, uh, that's dangerous. And, um, and yeah, it is hard to break. But, uh, thank you for the thoughts, man. I really appreciate it. And we'll come back to your Black chat. The chat
2: seems really confused. I didn't write any of that, I was just reading, um, like, I'll have to just circle back with you. I was reading like 10 back-to-back super chats.
0: They were super, uh, yeah. And if you're on YouTube, it might be confusing because they were all tippy stream chats. So you didn't even see them on your YouTube feed. That's Yeah, no, I
2: didn't just write that and read it on the stream randomly, you idiots.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, I'm glad they're still here hanging out after the uh, Israel-Hamas conflict segment. So. really. That'll Let's be, talk uh, about
2: how walls matter now. Well,
0: oh, that will be the end of that, but it will be similar themes, and at least we'll get to the border of uh, of our country. Uh, because, yeah, Biden is building uh, the wall, and and or at least a very small segment of it. But as this all-out disaster has worsened at, uh, at our border, and there are some 10,000 illegal crossings a day, and those are just the ones we know about, of course— Um, The situation has gotten so bad that blue state politicians, of course, are are pissed off about it and see New York, see Illinois, all the others where illegal immigrants have overwhelmed local resources. Well, as we talked about the other week, that led Biden to start a temporary non deportation policy for Venezuelans. The theory being that if we allow them to work out in the open, they won't be consuming local resources anymore. I'm not sure if that's worked out, but. That lasted a week or two, and it wasn't good enough, apparently. And now Biden says he's just going to start deporting them again. Ah, we tried letting them work. Didn't work. Get the hell out of here if you come and cross the border. That's the new policy. But things are so bad that Biden is actually building a wall, or at least uh, a small segment of it. On Wednesday, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, whose name I can rarely say on the first try, but I think that was successful, He cited, quote, an acute and immediate need at the border announcing the Biden administration will waive dozens of federal laws to build a border wall south of Texas where illegal immigration has surged, which is interesting because Biden's justification here in a moment is going to be, I have to follow the law. My hands are tied. This, this money was appropriated for the border. I have to follow the law. Now they're saying it's so bad we have to waive dozens of federal laws, like making sure that it's all the environmental stuff, like you can't impact uh, endangered bird habits had and that kind of thing. They're like, nope, fuck that, need a wall. That's how bad this is. <laughs> fuck the birds, need a wall. This segment of the wall is... Um, in Starr county texas this is west of mcallen in the rio grande sector of texas uh the wall is only going to be about 20 miles in length that's obviously quite small but it is a lot more wall than biden said he would ever build which of course was none here is candidate joe biden campaigning from his basement in august 2020 insisting his his administration would not build a single foot of new wall
1: There will not be another foot my, of wall. Why my, one more
0: time, I need that harp. My system's going haywire. <laughs> there we go.
1: There will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration.
0: Oh, well, now there's going to be, what's 20 times 5,280? A lot. Thousands and thousands of feet of wall.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. Oh. Uh, which actually makes no sense, because if there's no use for the for the wall, or well, actually I, I got ahead of myself there. No, that never mind. That's that wasn't Biden's comment there. I gotta get to the next Biden comment before I discuss my next point. Um obviously not a, a, a point capped by Biden there. Uh, but don't misunderstand what he's saying. Uh he's not saying that he's changed his mind and that walls work now. He's saying that he has no legal option but to do this, as I mentioned. It's a requirement. Because this was a congressional appropriation from 2019. And Biden does not have the legal authority to reassign that money, which is very unfortunate, he says, because walls still don't work.
1: And on the border wall, the border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriated. I can't stop that. Do you believe the border wall works?
0: No. Okay. Okay. Uh, that is what makes no sense because if there's no use for the wall, then why is Mayorkas citing an, an acute and immediate need for it? That's his Homeland Security Secretary saying that. And it especially makes no sense because when has, when has Biden ever allowed the law to stop him from doing whatever the hell he wants to do anyway. Not just in the student loan context or the eviction moratorium context or various gun control action that he's taken, things that have been struck down by the courts as unconstitutional. How about with the border specifically? When has he ever allowed the law to stop him? Because this money, as referenced, was appropriated in 2019. So it's several years in the making. So you might ask, well, why did Biden? Why did why did it take Biden several years to put this money towards its proper, congressionally authorized use? Well, here's Biden's budget director, Shalanda Young, last year, (laughs) testifying to Congress. It's better than LaFonza, okay? That's
2: true. Okay.
0: Shalanda Young last year testifying to Congress that they are not using the appropriated money for a border wall. Instead, they're using it for environmental restoration and community consultation.
3: So he, the, this administration just continues to withhold the $1.9 billion that was appropriated several congresses ago that has stayed in the account. Thankfully GAO has agreed that we are obligating prudently under the law. And what are you obligating it to? Because you're not doing any construction, so are you just paying people to hold the rusting
0: materials? No, we're actually doing environmental restoration, um, something uh, that was woefully lacking. We're also doing community consultation. I think that's important to many of you who
2: represent constituents.
0: Okay. So if they don't have the legal authority today to do whatever they want with the money, how have they had the legal authority to do environmental restoration and community consultation for the years yeah. prior? I can't ask Shalanda that question, unfortunately. But uh, another question to consider, well, if Biden respects the law so much, why is he reviving his student loan bailout that the Supreme Court has already declared is unconstitutional? Because we talked about this at the time when the student loan decision came out. What was that over the summer? I can't remember. But earlier this year, the Supreme Court said, no, dude, you have no statutory authority to do this. And if you are not authorized by statute, you are acting outside the constitutional role of the presidency. But remember, as soon as the Supreme Court issued that decision... Biden announced he had found an alternative legal authority to do it anyway. And remember Kellyanne Conway got all that shit for saying alternative facts or whatever she said is when she was, um,
2: press secretary or
0: whatever representative for trump she was she said that with chuck todd when he said these are the facts and she says well i have alternative facts and that was presented as such a legendary piece of propaganda and i suppose you could argue that it was my intent here is not to to defend kellyanne conway's phrasing there but i am making the point that what she was talking about was rhetorical what this is is usurpation or undermining of the law this is saying don't give a shit." I have found an alternative legal authority, even though the Supreme Court has said, you don't have legal authority. That was as soon as the Supreme Court made the decision and Biden said, quote, this new path is legally sound, uh, implying that the prior path was not legally sound, but he did it anyway. Uh, And so what is this new alternative legal authority? Well, it's basically the same thing, just with slightly different details, and it's more limited in its scope. But Biden plans to... um, To bail out $9 billion in student debt now for 125,000 potential, uh, potentially for 125,000 borrowers across the country. This is under uh, the public service loan forgiveness programs, which cover people who work in public service for a decade or more and made 10 years of qualifying payments. So that means people who worked for the federal, state, or local governments or tribal Indian governments or nonprofits, because of course, government employees need yet another cushy deal from the federal government. Some of the bailout will go to 51,000 borrowers enrolled in income-driven repayment plans, uh, which apply to people who made at least 20 years of payments but, quote, never got the relief that they were entitled to. Uh, the rest of the bailout will go to almost 22,000 borrowers with total or permanent disability. So I assume they have some statutory basis for this or not. It is Biden. This I'm sure he might just be citing a federal statute on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he's twisting this to mean what he thinks this or says this means. Um, bottom line, though, the, his intended demographic to pander to is still getting fucked by this. And actually, that's bad phrasing. They're not getting fucked. They're being held on the hook for the debt that they agreed to take on. Yeah. From their perspective, they're being fucked. If you're one of these millennials who thinks that Biden is going to bail you out, you're still screwed. You you have a hundred thousand or $200,000 in debt for your gender studies degree. You're still screwed because you haven't made enough years of payment to qualify under these conditions. These conditions require you to have paid in good faith for like 10 years time, 20 years time. Mm -hmm. That ain't you. If you're one of these millennial degenerates with a gender studies degree, So I think that these people are going to start intentionally permanently disabling themselves to get out. They're going to become totally or permanently disabled to receive student loan, a student loan bailout from Biden. And actually, if you're a gender studies person, that's uh, two birds, one stone. It's like you cut off your dick in pursuit of your education. And because you're permanently disabled, Biden forgives your debt. That if you're a gender (laughs) studies person with six figures in debt, that's the solution. Cut off your dick and balls. And become disabled. Cut off a leg while you're at it. Become disabled and Biden will bail you out. Anything else uh, on the border or student loan debt?
2: I'm so eager to get to these um, murders. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, let it's me. It's not even the next
2: story that I wanna. I wanna get there so I can laugh.
0: Let me hurry. I just want to th- laugh through the boredom that is <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. But it's not just the Gaza Strip that is now a spirit Halloween. It's also the newly vacant Speaker's <laughs> office at the House of Representatives, also a spirit Halloween coming soon. It was a pair of surprising developments this week. Kevin McCarthy, of course, now former House Speaker, ousted in that role this week after Matt Gates calls for a vote to remove him and eight Republicans joined Democrats to do it. This after McCarthy worked with Democrats, as we discussed last weekend, uh, to pass a continuing resolution to fund the government in ongoing budget negotiations. McCarthy's now the shortest serving House Speaker since 1876. Remember, he just gained the office in January or was that February early part of the year. Mm -hmm. the second uh, surprising move is that Kevin McCarthy actually will not run to gain the gavel back again. He's just out. He's like, "Eh, I've had enough, although he will remain in Congress. That was actually doubted for a little bit early this week. Uh, Politico had reported earlier in the week, citing two anonymous sources with knowledge, apparently not though, that McCarthy was considering stepping down as in leaving Congress, resigning from his seat on Friday. McCarthy, denied that report and he announced he's staying in congress and seeking re-election in 2024 and um, mccarthy held this press conference after his ousting and you can say what you will as we discussed last weekend about the wisdom of his governing philosophy and the wisdom of removing him and whether it's better to make small gains in compromise in pursuit of a broader ideological goal or whether it's better to go for everything in absolute terms that's all fine. I understand the perspectives uh, on both sides of that argument, even though I am not a sky is falling person about the removal of Kevin McCarthy. In fact, I think there are probably several beneficial things that could result from this. But I at least get the people who think it was unwise to remove him. I You can't defend this, though. At least I challenge any McCarthy defender to defend this point because McCarthy... Um, gets up at his podium and he starts speaking about being ousted as speaker. And he he tells a story about how earlier in the year, again, this is last winter, he was trying to secure the votes for speaker in January. And Nancy Pelosi, of course, then outgoing House speaker, still current representative, Nancy Pelosi told him. Oh, just let those skeptical Republicans. Kevin McCarthy was worried about changing the House rule to allow one member, Matt Gaetz in this case, to bring a vote to remove the speaker. It used to be under Pelosi's rule that you had to have a majority of the party to do that. And he said, well, Nancy, should I let them do this? Should I give them that? Should I give them that concession that they could have one guy call a vote to remove me? And Nancy said, just go ahead and give it to them. I believe in the institution i'll back you up we'll get through it if they want to get crazy about this don't worry and shockingly kevin mccarthy tells us the story nancy pelosi did not stick to her promise to him
3: in today's world if you're sitting in congress congress and you took a gamble to make sure government was still open and eight people can throw you out a speaker and the democrats who said they wanted to keep government open I think you've got a real divide. I think you've got a real institutional problem. It was in this room, after we had won the majority, I had become speaker less, And Nancy Pelosi came to me. She was speaker at the time on the way out. And I told her I was having issues with getting enough votes. And she said, what's the problem? I said, they want this one, one person can rule really you out. She was the only speaker to have changed that rule. I had the power to call the vote on her, but I never would. I lost some votes because of it. Um, And she said, just give it to him. I'll always back you up. I made the same offer to Boehner and same thing to uh, Paul, because I believe in the institution. I think today was a political decision by the Democrats. And for them to make a motion on me because I made a decision for the country that they agreed with, but they choose to do the other, that becomes a
2: problem. What a retard. What did he expect?
0: Indeed, Democrats voted unanimously to remove McCarthy, Nancy Pelosi included, and there is no evidence that Nancy Pelosi did any sort of lobbying on McCarthy's behalf to try to save his speakership. Democrats offered him no reward for working with them to extend government spending. And so, again, I'm I'm understanding of a lot of arguments, but uh, the argument of I trusted Democrats and they backstabbed me you'd definitely lose me on that one. It would have been shocking for them to help him. That would have been the yeah. shocking story.
2: There's no way he believes that.
0: But if he doesn't, then what's what's the point of the story? Just like a, a sob story, poor me type thing?
2: Yeah, he want he wants to be, he wants to pretend that he believes in the integrity of bipartisanship. Like you'd have to be some kind of fucking retard to yeah. like think that, wow, what a surprise that Nancy Pelosi backstabbed me. He's just a swamp creature. This is all a game.
0: Well, as with anything, (laughs) a compromise is of no inherent value for its own sake. Uh, And I don't mean to say that Democrats are all pedophiles or murderers, just some. Just most. But but you don't. The compromise with a cold blooded killer is not dismemberment. You know, the compromise with a pedophile is not like, I don't know, Joe Biden sniffing. You know, there are some things that are wrong and you don't compromise with. And uh, I know that we're talking about compromise in the context of a budget deal, not killing people in cold blood. But I'm just I'm making the point that compromise itself can't be a value. Compromise is only a value with respect to other values that are being compromised. And uh, perhaps perhaps McCarthy is a guy who believes that compromise is a value for its own sake. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but maybe you're right. Like, oh, there's value in the institution and compromise regardless of what you're compromising with. Anyway, who's going to be the new speaker? Uh, We don't know yet. The dream of Trump taking the gavel that I was mentioning on the Wednesday stream, it's already dead, unfortunately. There were many calling for that throughout the week. It's not going to happen for a few reasons. I did not know this when we discussed it on Wednesday, but Republican House Conference rules prohibit any speaker who's under indictment, which, of course, Trump is, justifiably or not, But Trump uh, doesn't want that position anyway. He endorsed Congressman Jim Jordan for the job. Instead, current chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, also running is House Majority Leader Steve Scalise of getting shot by that crazy Bernie supporter at the congressional baseball game in 2017 fame. Both men are tallying up endorsements over the weekend and they plan to participate in a candidate forum on Tuesday. What sort of negotiations will happen between the two, whether they can in fact secure the votes in a narrow Republican majority in the house. When is this vote going to happen? All open questions. We'll have to wait to see. Uh, And then there's the question of what's going to happen in the house until they do actually get a new speaker. Well, until they do, the acting speaker is Patrick McHenry of North Carolina, Uh, who McCarthy selected to be his replacement in the event that he was unable to do his job or, in this case, removed from his office. Uh, What uh, the acting speaker's powers are is something, I gather, of a legal or procedural question. McHenry is operating according to the understanding that his powers are limited. So at least according to the way that the Republican majority is operating, In the interim here, it is their understanding that there will be no new bills introduced until a speaker is selected. So for now, just legislative paralysis for the federal government, no activity of any consequence in the House, which sounds awesome to me. But uh, remember, (laughs) the budget fight is coming up again with a a deadline of November 17th. So uh, I guess if they have no speaker, according to these rules, they have no choice but to shut down the government because they can't act on any bill without a speaker is what they're saying. We'll see if they hold to that. Okay, uh, that's awesome. that's enough boring House House of Representatives Congress stuff. How about these uh, these murders of progressive activists?
2: Oh, it's so awesome! This makes me so happy. It was a tough week in the news cycle, you know. And then <laughs> I was reading about this, and I'm like this is just so great and satisfying. You have a picture of this guy up with his faggot <laughs> face.
0: <laughs> okay, if you dispute any of the statements just made, rest assured, this guy. Holds the whole the same. He likes to laugh at his ideological opponents. Death. He does. So,
2: he does. Okay. So uh,
0: yes, here's a picture of him and his girlfriend. Although I'll, faggot I'll just, with
2: his dyke girlfriend.
0: What do you mean? Proceed. You can't use the f word and the d word. They're together. And well,
2: sure, sure I can't. And he puts his male penis in her female vagina, presumably. So but it's still faggy and Call dyke. him a faggot and her a dyke. It is. Yes. Just look at them. In one of these pictures, in one of like the the murder pics, he's like making soy face. Is it the one where you have a. He's like, uh, I
0: haven't seen that oh, the murder. What do you mean the murder pics?
2: No, it's like a man murdered in Brooklyn and there's a picture of him and he's like,
0: <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know if I have that one. Unfortunately,
2: it might've just been something I saw on Twitter. If I get murdered, please use a good
0: picture. Well, this one's pretty, really, uh, uh, this one's kind of soy jacky. Let me see if I can make this one bigger.
2: I don't know what one you have up, but I assume that, uh, he's in front of what looks chat. like
0: the state capitol or something with a group of people. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's okay. All right. Anyway, so this guy and his bitch girlfriend are in Brooklyn. It's 4 a.m. and they've just come back from a wedding. And uh, because they have no situational awareness, because they're idiots that are convinced that the world is a safe place, they see a crazy guy acting crazy. And they're like, let's follow this guy. I mean, they were walking in the same direction, but like. Ooh, a he pet didn't bug of them.
0: color to f- to fawn over, perhaps. I know. Yeah.
2: Well, they weren't interacting with him, but like okay. he was being crazy while he was walking past them not while he was walking past them, but like far enough away he walked right past them when they were sitting on a bench and like it was obvious that he was insane and it was 4 a.m and they were in brooklyn and then they like get up to go walk in the same direction as this guy it's like you walk in the other direction you walk it you walk quickly in the other direction and then some sort of altercation ensues where the crazy guy is like what are you looking at i'm gonna kill you And the guy, the white guy just tries to like, he doesn't, he's not standing in front of his girlfriend or trying to protect him or her or anything, but he just tries to like, kind of calm this crazy guy down. And then uh, he gets stabbed to death and the girlfriend not reacting at all. Like with, with her, with her boyfriend's dead body on the ground, although he died later at the hospital. So he was still alive at that point. She's just like chilling on her phone. And then some chick comes up and, and apologizes to her, which is really weird. I couldn't figure out what's going on over there. Um, we can't show you any of this because it's just a guy getting stabbed.
0: I thought about trying to play some of the video, but I would have to blur it so much that you wouldn't be able to see anything. And maybe there would be some audio. But in the interest of preserving the stream, I just said, you know, Raju Mohan is going to take control of this one. So. Yeah. So I
2: encourage you- everybody to watch it because it's really funny. It's just the funniest thing I've ever seen
0: uh i mean um, it is a straight up murder so i'm you know i might cuck on the comedy a little bit but uh, yeah but, this but guy deserves wa-
2: it more than this guy the
0: point is if you died this guy would want to laugh at your death and i'm not speculating like he that's what he did that's what he uh
2: yeah andy No unearthed yeah. his social media posts where he's like laughing about rush limbaugh dying and he just has a long history of celebrating death and violence towards conservatives um he also self-identified antifa And he was well-known in New York City, not just for his climate change advocacy, but for his advocacy of safe injection sites because his best friend, gay lover, died of a heroin overdose.
0: (laughs) Oh, if only this crazy Um, man who stabbed him had had a safe injection site, that could have stopped all of this.
2: Yeah, that could have stopped. So then his stupid leftist girlfriend is like, fuck, like a black dude just murdered my boyfriend in cold blood right in front of me how am I going to spin this? Because when your boyfriend gets murdered, that's what you should worry about. Right. Like, like this is, this runs contrary to my worldview. Well, and that and how are you going to get rich me. off of it? Which she also <laughs> going to get rich be. off. Of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So initially she's like, I am not going to identify this subject. Uh, the perpetrator. She's like, I'm not doing it. And then later when she sees a photo lineup, um, she identifies the wrong person. And I guarantee, that the that the wrong person she identified was well actually usually when they have a subject lineup everybody's black. Oh,
0: well, they don't do the they, they don't, they don't diversify like, the uh, the line of guys.
2: I don't know anymore, but like, I don't think that they can do that. I think that that cooks the books too much. Because well, it's an if interesting you have test one, for
0: the the claim. You know, it's like if there's video yeah. of a black guy doing it and she says it was that white guy. I mean, you know, there's some dishonesty afoot.
2: But why would they even put a white guy in the lineup? Yeah. Then it just reduces the pool and makes it more likely that she's going to accidentally choose the wrong person. If they're not all of the same race. So, anyway, there's her so she Carl the Marx license
0: plate, by the way, I just want to draw attention to it while we're at it. <laughs> Again, yeah, yeah. not hers necessarily, but just an appreciator. But yeah. Okay. So she, she picks the wrong guy in the photo lineup.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Turns out it was some black guy. And I was reading about this black guy who's just a suspect who's been arrested, even though they have the clearest like 4K picture of his of his whole face like this, like seconds after the murder.
0: Was he wearing uh, a mask? Is that what's hanging off his face? No,
2: he wasn't wearing a mask. What's it? Maybe maybe that's just the inside
0: of his hoodie that looks kind of like a mask. Yeah.
2: So I'm reading about this suspect, like the article that I find from him. This is so funny. Okay, it says. A teenager charged with fatal stabbing of a beloved Brooklyn social justice activist was a respectful pupil who recently graduated from high school, according Ah. to a former teacher. Brooklyn High School for Leadership and Community Service teacher Paul Joseph, the whitest name I've ever heard in my life, told The Post on Friday that he taught Brian Dowling, 18, in his senior English class, uh, documentary film class and personally congratulated him at his graduation. He also described Dowling as a respectful and as respectful and like any high school student.
0: Yes. i'm so sick of this uh, it's
2: like this this crazy guy that murdered somebody that didn't do anything to them in cold blood on a brooklyn street he was just some guy he was just some guy they should at least be doing this thing of like he had mental illness or some shit
0: well i don't know what this uh this epidemic of scholars of color turned murderers, like first Michael yeah. Brown, now uh, Brian Dowling. I, what? What is it? Don't forget um, who was the ISIS guy who was uh, an astute scholar or whatever they called it. They're always scholarly. These cold-blooded killers they are
2: it's so scholarly. Anyway, and then you hear about this GoFundMe too. These yeah, So it would okay. appear
0: that sh- there's at least according to this characterization. I didn't pull up the GoFundMe itself. By the way, sixty. 60- three and a half thousand dollars raised so far yeah. and it's just like please give me money to help what is it like we need time off of work it's not like to pay for and funeral costs or something it wasn't to
2: pay for funeral expenses. it's like a group of the friends got together and because they're all poors and because his girlfriend is a stupid slut they just in this gofundme they say we're a collective of ryan's close friends reeling from a brutal loss we're asking for your help on behalf of his partner but in easing the burden and stress okay, of this horrifying dyke, situation right. so that we can have space and time to grieve and remember. Immediate needs are to offset the cost of working class people taking time off work to mourn properly.
0: Okay, taking time off work right there. I don't buy it. They are not working.
2: <laughs> you so are yeah, it's dude. not for the family. It's not for his funeral expenses. It's for his stoner weird polyamorous friends to like have daytime orgies while they don't go to their stupid marketing jobs.
0: Uh, I saw this um, report earlier today too, and I can't even find the story, so I'm not sure this is correct, but it is out there. So something to be aware of. There's a report that um, supposedly the girlfriend is now asking police or prosecutors to drop the charges against the killer.
2: Dude, is that true? I didn't see that, but I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I, I, all I have is a screenshot from the journalist posting their L's account on Twitter. I certainly could believe it, but so far I've not seen the story to verify this claim. We'll have to see if that turns out to be true, but I would take that portion of it with a grain of salt. Um, Okay. And then we got the Philadelphia guy who was um, a journalist who was always trying to downplay how serious the crime in the city was. He got shot in his apartment or his house.
2: Yeah. I mean, okay. Some of his tweets, this guy, Josh Kruger, Look at this lawless land of liberals in Philly where shootings are dropping to levels not seen in years. We're dependent on national trends for better or worse. It's unfair to blame local cops for rising crime. Inaccurate to credit with drops. All of his tweets were talking about how Philly, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. And then Scott Adams in 2020 said, if Biden is elected, there's a good chance you'll be dead within a year. And then Josh Kruger responded to his tweet and said, this Dilbert dude is like Nostradamus. Look at this prediction from 2020. Wow. Eerie. And then he got murdered.
0: Eerie, indeed. <laughs> yeah,
2: I anyway, mean that—that's um,
0: got to be like the top level of most poorly aged tweets of all terrible. time.
2: Terrible! This is terrible. So, some uh, suspect of some unknown racial origin broke into his house and uh, shot him, and then he was managed to stumble into the street where he, where
0: he died. This one, um, (laughs) not that I'm arguing that his points on crime in the city are correct, (sighs) but I think this one's a little bit different insofar as I, it sounds like this one was probably personal. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you disagree, but there was
2: maybe somebody had broken into his house the week before that he claimed he was like a schizophrenic black guy, but, but then they're saying there are no suspects in this. So I I don't know what's going on. And as
0: far as I understand, it was not forced entry.
2: It was, they said it was not forced entry, but he might've just, um. Forgotten to lock well, the city's the
0: city's so safe. Why would you lock your door? Um, yeah. But he was also shot seven times too. It's not like oh, he caught me in the act of uh, stealing stuff, and I kind of shot him to get away. It's this, this whoever this was wanted him dead, and definitely got well, him dead.
2: I mean, everybody wanted this dude dead, right? <laughs> I don't uh, know. Is anyway. that excessive for a person of this caliber? It sounds pretty standard to me. That's the average number of bullets that the average person would want to put in this guy.
0: I don't know. I'm just saying it, it this one just s- sounds more personal than the other one, which was like crazy man on the street just attacking that you. That guy got
2: stabbed a bunch though.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he was uh maybe maybe he was asking for it before. What what was he wearing before the uh yeah, really, crazy really. man stabbed him? Before oh, I, I get
2: roasted. Everybody needs to remember that these people want you dead. And so when they die because of some stupid thing that they believed. That made them act like the world is a safer place than it actually is. We should all be laughing about it. It's good for morale, you know. Now
0: you—you you could certainly make the argument. You don't stoop. You, you respect life. You don't stoop to that level. I—I I understand all that. Probably should do a better job of honoring that, quite frankly. But I will. It, it's what well, I have to grant the point when it's looking me right in the face. Lemayo, hell yeah, Rush Limbaugh is dead. I mean, yeah. if if Lemayo, hell yeah, is what you bring to this world. For the uh, as far as the deaths of your political opposition, Lemayo, hell yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you earn in in your own passing, I suppose.
2: It's not just that. Like, let's say that these people were uh, right leaning and racially aware. Would they be in some shitty Brooklyn neighborhood at four a.m.? No. Would they live in Philadelphia and be sleeping with their doors unlocked? No. Am I saying that they cause their own deaths? Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, OK. Yeah. Yeah, the, well, there is a difference
0: I mean. between like deserving and being a part of the conditions that contributed to it. That doesn't totally. mean you deserve what happened. to you, But there are, you know, uh, <gasps> conditions that you are in control of that increase or decrease the likelihood of that happening to you. You know, um, anyway, I, I forgot there's Hunter Biden news, too, but we could do this in about two seconds and we'll get to hoax hate.
2: Oh, yeah. Hunter Biden pleads not guilty to three federal firearms charges. Filed after his earlier deal imploded. Uh, if you guys remember, he's been charged with lying about his drug use, October two thousand eighteen, and a form to buy a gun. He's facing twenty five years. Uh huh. Um, and then his lawyer said that he plans to file a number of motions, including a push to dismiss the case based on an immunity agreement, and the now scuttled plea deal and the constitutionality of the law against drug users having guns. They must be pretty desperate yes. if they're if they're doing that.
0: Two-way advocate Hunter by I want this to go to trial. I want to see the case yeah, made. Totally. Hunter Biden overturns the NFA. Let's just get let's get to that point. That would be amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean if you are if you are playing against the constitutionality of the law, like you you have to be in you're in dire straits in your case, right?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think there's much dispute as to the facts of it. Like he was a drug user per his own memoir. He checked the box at the time on the forum. I am not a user uh, or addicted to drugs. And that was a lie. And it's very hard to get around that. Factually, you have to get around. The only way to get around it is to say that the law itself is invalid per the Constitution. And actually, like if it was anybody else, it's an argument I'm kind of sympathetic to. In so far as the Second I'm Amendment. I'm sympathetic
2: to it, too. Yeah. But but, um, I, but it does it does reek of, of desperation. Of in course. Case, which is probably yeah. why this lawyer.
0: Yeah, his one lawyer his lawyers just. Quit. At first, yeah. I thought it was his main guy, that like Abe dude or whatever. It's like some supporting guy. But one of his lawyers. It's a bailed. supporting guy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He didn't give a reason. He's not responding to comment. But um, it's some sort of. They released some statement about it being an amicable <laughs> divorce. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Well, that brings us. Uh, anything else you have to say on that before we get to hoax hate? Otherwise, that does. Bring no, us.
2: I mean, I don't think he's going to weasel his way out of this one because it's such. Because it, it has nothing to do with charisma and that they need to like, well, do something to him.
0: Maybe. And, and any settlement they might reach, like if they agree to settle out of like the, the scrutiny on that per the prior uh, settlement agreement or the, the plea agreement for him to plead guilty to whatever the misdemeanor was for his tax evasion. Uh, the, the scrutiny on whatever plea agreement he may reach in this is going to be very hot because of how slippery they got with the last attempt. So yeah. it, it will be entertaining to watch. But uh, I have four hoax hate cases to get through. So this is going to be rapid fire. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. <laughs> I'll notice. At this point, I'm going to have to redo the intro because it's not about backward swastikas anymore. It's about nooses or knots in ropes that generally resemble nooses. This may be more common than the backward swastika itself. It may be the most common hoax hate element. Maybe it's the Jussie effect. Um, whether these hoaxes are intentional hoaxes or just accidental misinterpretations of just knots in ropes. But I've got three of these noose related stories. First of all, be very careful with your Halloween decorations. You may end up as the subject of an FBI investigation, which actually didn't happen in this case. But I I guarantee we're only a stone's throw away from that. But in Cartersville, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, an unknown person or family, uh, they had this this display of a scarecrow with an animal skull (laughs) hanging from a rope as part of their Halloween decorations. Images uh, show that it is indeed pretty scary looking. I'll grant you that. But according to reporting, this family is um, they're just very enthusiastic about Halloween and they love doing scary decorations every year. Well, area residents complained about it as racist. It's a modern day lynching. One activist pulled the display down, saying that it's obviously racist because the figure has a black shirt on meant to represent black people. And the the animal skull looks like some kind of like a coyote or a wolf or something Uh, i don't i mean if you're gonna you you clearly have to get the gorilla skull if that's your intent Uh, but they didn't do that they went with some sort of canine by the look of it anyway um and and so this activist pulls it down the family put it back up the cops have been called several times because they can't do anything there's no crime the activists at the NAACP got involved and apparently the family took down the display on Tuesday. So I don't know if the NAACP called in their lawyers, if they paraglided in like Hamas to stop this. But the, the family apparently has been intimidated out of their Halloween display.
2: Hmm.
0: Speaking of the NAACP. The NAACP in the St. Louis area is enraged about a rope swing at a family home in St. Charles, uh, your old neck of the woods way back when.
2: Yeah, it's I'm from West County. I'm from Chesterfield. So this is like the wider, even wider area. Well, that's how we know they're guilty. Black. Yeah.
0: The FBI is now investigating what the FBI says is a threatening rope display, even though the property owner clarifies a family lives there and the children play in the swing. The local NAACP leader does not believe them.
2: The Saint Louis County NAACP wants a full investigation after seeing what their leader says appears to look like a noose hanging from a tree in Saint Charles County,
1: a picture of a rope that appeared to be in the shape of a noose.
2: The rope was seen in the front yard of a home on Parr Avenue.
1: We clearly know what a noose appears to be like or what it looks like.
2: The property owner says he's renting the property and says the renter has small children and was using the rope for a swing. The owner has since taken the rope down to prevent any more controversy.
3: He has two small children. The back of that house doesn't have any yard for them to play and They play out in the front when they're they're hanging out with him and they use that there's their little swing that they play on. I'm not exactly for sure how long it's been there, but it's been there for quite a while.
1: You look at the picture, it does not have the appearance of someone being able to sit in a swing. And even if you were standing trying to swing, it's so close to the ground, I just don't know how you could swing in it.
2: Okay. Buddy if it's so close to the ground, how are you gonna put? How are you gonna hang a black person from it? You fucking idiot. Precisely. What is the plan here? This is, oh my god! This is so, Wentzville, It's like like white hicks. Like I'm amazed there's one black person there.
0: Well, he he learned of it through photographs. So I don't even think this oh, guy was come like. Come on! Touring. You don't even live there. He wasn't even like in the area. He just saw. Can't photos. you let these poor
2: white kids play on a swing? You know why nooses have those knots? it's a good knot it's a strong knot you <laughs> well know? technically
0: that's that knot is supposed to slip though like if you were going to put your foot in it, it you wouldn't want it to slip and tighten around the foot that but was
2: not a slip knot though because you could tell that they were that they were swinging yeah with well, their feet on
0: hence so not a noose <laughs> you know it's not going to tighten if it's not going to tighten up it's not really a noose
2: if these are the problems that black people are facing in this country they have no problems
0: oh it's <laughs> On the contrary, the FBI is treating this very seriously. And again,
2: oh, my God, are you
0: serious? (laughs) The FBI is investigating the matter. I mean, the the fact that anybody at the FBI looks at this for more than a second is itself a joke. Uh, In Lakeland, Florida, members of the local Elks Lodge say that their building was targeted with a rope tied, quote, like a noose in a tree outside.
1: If someone is willing to do something like this, there's no telling how far they how far they'll
0: go. For
2: this is what Lodge President Harlem Turner found Monday morning, wrapped around a tree just outside the Rose Height Elks Lodge in Lakeland. A rope tied to look like a noose.
3: We have had a lot of enough of noose being around our necks already. I think I think this needs to be cut out. If you is got a right problem to with somebody, you, you go way, talk to them. On, yeah. But putting up a noose. I'm about hanging somebody up now.
2: Turner says someone tried what? to send him a message, and he has some suspicion on who it may be. Though he doesn't want to point fingers just yet, this isn't the first time he has been threatened, and he has a message of his own.
0: This incident won't scare or silence him.
1: I have a voice, and I,
3: I, I just won't let you push me around and tell me to be quiet.
2: And I'm going to keep talking, and no one's going to understand me. <laughs> Was his name actually Harlem?
0: Good. Ah, that's what the that's what the story says. I forget which one's Harlem, whether he is or the other guy. Um, But that didn't
2: even look like a noose. It was a series of ropes for some sort of purpose.
0: And then they had like the packaging from the rope still in the parking lot. I'm going to guess. It's on their property. I think this one is just your old fashioned hoax for attention and and or fundraising for the organization. Well, Mm. a a slight breeze would blow that packaging away. It's like they wanted the packaging to be seen there for some reason. Uh, I could not find a GoFundMe, though, or anything like that, in fairness. Uh, but I love that statement. We, we got enough nooses around our necks already. It, by which you mean like, none.
2: What are, what are you
0: talking about? That? And there hasn't been there's the last known lynching in the United States was 1981. Now in fairness, I guess that guy was alive in 1981. But uh, you notice in the story there too, a sign on their property indicating there are surveillance cameras. Where's the footage? What happened to that? Surely he says I've been threatened before many times. Well, okay. <laughs> So you had the security. Why? Where's the I, he's giving it to the police officers. I shouldn't imitate. You just you did such a good one. I wanted to try. Thank you. Myself. Uh, I,
2: don't, I don't know what to say about any of this. It's just.
0: Well, lastly, no, in, okay. it, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Oh, just in countries where minorities are legitimately being persecuted. They just are more worried about uh, getting killed than they are about shit like this they don't have to invent stuff this just proves what a not racist country this is to our detriment by the way
0: <laughs> uh, no ropes and trees that's racist by default no bananas this is how extreme it's getting no bananas the mayor of Hudo Texas is facing backlash and calls for his resignation after he accepted a gift during a city council meeting that critics say is a well known racist symbol against black people Hudo resident Nicole Calderon gave Mayor Mike Snyder a fruit stand with bananas hanging from it. And that's not all. There was a monkey perched by it in this particular fruit stand. This was during a city council meeting in late August. Snyder, who is white, has said he did not know that bananas and monkeys were racist symbols. So Snyder apologized at the September 7th meeting about what happened and said the bananas were not meant to slight any person or group quote, I can definitely see where it could be taken wrong and I can see different people have come from different backgrounds, he said. He apologized again at the September 21st city council meeting. Not good enough. Black members of the city council are seeking his removal from office over his sin. Again, he just accepted bananas on a stand. It wasn't like trolling with these bananas. He wasn't throwing bananas at the uh, Black City Council members. Someone gave him the gift of bananas and he accepted the bananas. That is his racist crime. To your point on I'm how... like,
2: they were worried about his level of potassium. What's the problem?
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, we got to leave enough time for the movie review because I have plenty to say about it. I don't know about you, but I have lots to say about the movie this week. In okay. a world movie references flying over his head one man will
1: finally watch them this is the matt and blonde show movie review
0: this week's movie is the 1995 mel gibson epic braveheart i didn't know that he directed it too i I knew he was the star obviously but i didn't realize until today that he directed it did mel gibson Uh, In which a rogue guerrilla warrior avenges his wife, defies overwhelming odds, and dies a principled death, inspiring the Scots to defeat the English and win their freedom. And the whole time I'm thinking, is this Scottish patriot or is the patriot American Braveheart? And I guess the patriot came afterward, (laughs) but there's so many similarities in the movies. Anyway, uh, from movie picker, the evolutionary conservative, while not perfectly historically accurate and with imperfect Scottish accents, there are a few epic stories that can match the brilliance of Braveheart. The great Mel Gibson lights up the screen both in front and behind the camera. The characters are extremely well-defined in their archetypal or archetypal roles. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Excuse me for that. Allowing you to connect on many levels with the mayhem that ensues. As far as our AI art this week, I know you appreciated it. Although the AI has always given you weird eye issues. Once again, you have like a lazy eye in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I did appreciate that Jamie and Jeannie went to the effort of making many blondes and many mats in the background. Yeah, which was cool to see. You know, the gray stubble is not a bad look on you. You should really consider <laughs> that one. the sure. salt and pepper. You know,
2: yeah. Uh, as always, your review level.
0: and your rating.
2: Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love this movie? If if you go into it with the proper expectations that it is an epic that won't be understated and you cannot think of it as a literal historical piece. Although not that much is really known about William Wallace. Um, Yeah. I mean, keeping that in mind, all these things in mind that like there are going to be major historical accuracy inaccuracies and the accents are going to be pretty bad. And at one point um, one of the costumes had crushed velvet in it. I I didn't even notice the costumes. Oh, it's just, you would it was just a, a fabric choice that you would never see in this era. It's like they did no research on Oh my God, bro.
0: The crest velvet. Really, That's really not even bad. a part of my review.
2: Oh it, you know, but but you have to like knowing these things, like all right, this is like a, a Mel Gibson epic. If you can keep that in mind, uh it's a lot of fun. It's great fun. Um it deals with these big themes of love and revenge and patriotism and manhood. And who better to do that than Mel Gibson? Who better? Um, and I'm glad that they didn't practice any restraint because I think it might have destroyed the film if they were like really concerned about that because as I said, there's just not much known about William Wallace. So for its sheer ruggedness and manliness um, and Mel Gibson butt. I
0: Is that just in butt. the sex scene? The first one? Is that the only butt?
2: No, they show all their butts.
0: Oh yeah, of course. In the mooning. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. forgot because that's one of many butts. Yeah.
2: But it's the best butt of all the butts.
0: <laughs> I'll have to go back and evaluate. You know,
2: I mean, I don't know that this is truly a four out of five film, hmm. but my enjoyment of it has been four out of five. Although I did not rewatch it because I watched it pretty recently. So.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I, I I'll get right to it. You you may be shocked to learn that I actually rated it higher than you. I I really. And I'm not. I'm not. I really loved this movie, having never seen it before. Uh, and much like last week with the Dark Knight, man, I just have a wall of text in appreciation, and there are points that are I just I, I can't go through them all in a, a reasonable amount of time on the stream. So if you want to read my full thoughts, again, head on over to the website. The, the Braveheart review is uh, on the homepage. But just the philosophical points that I appreciate, obviously the philosophy of freedom and death, and the idea that there are actually fates worse than death. Among them is slavery, and if you surrender. The freedoms that are inherent to to your manhood or just to Mm -hmm. your humanity to be gender neutral, that you you have already died uh, a a death anyway, that you have surrendered what it means to live a life fully. And of course, uh, William Wallace is portrayed here as a man who understands that and resists any attempts to take away that freedom from him all the way through his torturous death he's got a lot to say about the philosophy of proper government. I love this scene when he confronts the (laughs) Scottish nobility and he has that line. um, There's a difference between us. You think that the people of this country exist to provide you with position. I think your position exists to provide those people with freedom. Does that sound familiar? Does does Congress exist to secure our rights? Do they actually respect that? Or do they think that they, that we exist to serve them, that we exist to legitimize their position? These are things that are, I I don't know that the real William Wallace said that, but it's just interesting that the themes are things that have lasted for centuries, no matter how sophisticated we supposedly get. Uh, Just the philosophy of the warrior poet, you know, Um, and and what you mentioned about what it means to be a man. I love this Mm. theme throughout the movie that proper manhood is not just brute strength and and being crazy and strong enough to kill a guy with your bare hands though that is part of it but i love the scene when his uncle tells him you know first you got to learn how to use this being your brain so that you can use this being the sword and and just notice the subtlety there it's not use your brain instead of the sword it's use your brain so that you can use the sword and that's exactly what wallace eventually does they got the fake cavalry retreat to bait the uh, English into advancing and attacking them. And then they bring in the, you know, they, they stab all the horses and then they bring in their own cavalry and they win. Those are timeless themes about manhood, that it's not being smart or being strong. It's both. And so if you want to realize the full extent and the full potential of your manhood. You don't want to be a smart ass slob, even if you are really intelligent and you don't want to be a meathead idiot. You want to discipline yourself mentally and physically. That is the uh, right. the warrior poet philosophy that this movie is talking about. Love the absolute brutality of it and uh, makes me thankful that, you know, if I have to fight in the upcoming gay war, it's going to be with guns, I hope, because between all of this various pieces of insanely graphic violence in this movie, you got this, the the throat slitting the ones I mentioned in the review, the ice pick straight to the head. Oh, God. The hand <laughs> chop. Yeah. And then I don't know what else to call it, but the taint slice, dude. Oh, this is I've always joked that the worst pain imaginable. And this is only theoretical because I've never experienced it. But the worst pain that I could possibly imagine other than the emotional pain of like, you know, losing a child or something. The worst physical pain, the worst that I can imagine is a paper cut to the pee hole. Like I could not imagine a pain more severe than someone putting some some of that sturdy paper in your pee hole and just slicing it.
2: Why would you say that?
0: Because it's the worst. It's the worst pain I could possibly imagine. I'd rather be shot in the face than have someone paper cut my that pee is, hole.
2: There's no way that's true.
0: <laughs> and this guy basically got a paper cut pee hole, although it was with a very sharp sword. Uh, so I appreciated that. Um, I, I liked that the movie was not afraid to kill off the, the the safe characters. It's one of the reasons that Game of Thrones was so good to me, is like people that, you th- oh, that, that that's a main character. They're going to be fine. They can't possibly Dead. kill that person off. That's what I thought with Wallace's wife, uh, Muren. Like, oh, he saved her. Sure, she got captured again, and they're going to like burn her at this stake or something. He's mm-hmm. going to swoop in. He's going to Mel Gibson kill him. Oh, well, no, actually, they just, spoiler alert, slit her throat. Okay, all right, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like- the- yeah, it's less surprising when Wallace himself is killed. You can see that's coming, obviously, and it's like slow motion for five minutes before they do. But I still like the idea that that they're killing off these characters that you think are safe or that are main characters. Um, the, the idea being that, that life isn't safe and predictable. And so the best movies often aren't either. And then um, this is just a subtle point. I just liked that they were not afraid to mock and ridicule this uh, ambiguous but very likely gay character of uh, Prince. Um, Edward, the king's son, who's totally incompetent and has this gay lover and isn't going to continue his father's legacy either by being an effective king or by actually passing his genetic material down. And it's not even an anti-gay thing. I'm not saying like, ah, yeah, I get that guy. He's gay. It's just we, (laughs) we live in a time where Glad runs Hollywood and make sure yeah. it's like it's not enough for glad just to have no gay characters or to have bad people, gay characters. You have to have homo heroes all the time. And this is just a movie that um, it, it reminds me of a time where we didn't have to do that. Like, despite all the propaganda, being gay is not all rainbows all the time. There is, in fact, confusion and conflict that can result from it. So just one of the the smaller plot points that I appreciated. Now, things I didn't like. I'll be quick. Uh, you mentioned it's it's historically dubious and it is based on everything I've read that's fine. You don't go into this expecting a documentary. Uh, there's some historical truth to it, too. But yeah, I mean, if you want to nitpick about, well, actually, I mean, you're not going to enjoy it. is not
2: it. the movie to do that because there is a lot.
0: Yeah, I actually was not a big fan of the second romance with uh, Isabella of France. And you could you could make the point that that's not historically correct because she was like a child in France at the time. I just didn't like it because I thought it kind of cheapened the romance that he lost with Murin. And it's not like it's infidelity because she's married to the gay guy and his wife is dead, but it's just like, you know, he goes from oh, like, I an, loved
2: it. It's like man still has to get some hot maybe. man still has to get some. I, I she also was so hot. Which one? Both, but I thought Murin was more so, attractive. The other one was kind of, no, the other chick. other chick. chick.
0: Yeah. anyway, um, I, I thought like, well, because he goes from like impregnating one chick to seeing the ghost of the other in like five seconds, which one is he really in love with? It kind of cheapened it to me. Not that I find enjoyment in most movie romances. So this wasn't especially terrible. But then I thought the same point that you were making where it's like, well, maybe that's a point for authenticity, because back then it was like, you better plant your seed before someone chops your head off. So, I mean, yeah. you got to do what you got to do. And then I, I thought just presentationally, it was a little heavy on the slow motion corniness like well, yeah it was an epic i get like it's, the movie's three hours long and actually for a three-hour movie it's rarely dull um but some of these like revenge scenes where he's just you know swinging a mace at a person's face at a, you know like at quarter speed or something it's like okay i know you're gonna smash his face or he's pulling out the swords to stab people and get his revenge and it's, it's just like okay i mean we're not surprised by the actual reveal of the weapons. Just get get it over with. Some some so of that That
2: chick is way hotter. What are you talking about?
0: I don't I like the first one, but
2: She's so square-faced. Uh
0: neither of them compare at all to the loveliness of my wife. Let's just clear that. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's true. More. It's true. Anyway, uh I actually <sighs> gave it a 5 hey. wiki rating because I because I love this movie so much. Fantastic. Oh. We love you. You're very special. Very special. So you really believe in that in that Patrick Henry mantra of give me liberty or give me death. You believe in that sort of founding principle of this country or that founding principle of manhood itself, even. You kind of have to like that just broadly for, for Braveheart, even if you have some dispute with the historic, uh, historical accuracy or some of the presentation. Like if you're a liberty or death guy. I can't imagine hating Braveheart, and I think we need more of that philosophy, not less. Uh, Safe
2: search is off. I just googled Mel Gibson butt. <laughs> He's got one of those short butt cracks. I like that.
0: Oh, uh, John Lennon style, or was it Yoko Ono? Which one? Lennon you know had the long. That picture was
2: photoshopped, right?
0: Ah, uh, that's real, as far as I'm concerned.
2: No, it was shopped. It's a famous Photoshop. I looked into it one time because I was like, "There's no way. the shortest butt crack I've ever seen, yeah. even for an Asian," and it turned out to be.
0: People love this movie in the early vote. Uh, Almost two thirds giving it a five wiki. And then like a quarter after that, giving it a four. So very little hate. Again, this is like a theme. Um, excuse me. One guy giving it a one wiki. One son of a bitch out there <laughs> gave it a one wiki. Next week, we're watching seven. I don't know anything about it. I didn't even watch the trailer before posting it. in the. Oh, my review. God.
2: I just watched that like the last year. I'm not watching it again.
0: Morgan Freeman, I see is in it, but I don't know anything about it other than that. Is that Brad Pitt? I thought I think I heard, saw that maybe he's in it, too. OK.
2: Uh,
0: I don't even know what it's about. But of course, oh God. Uh, well, I guess uh, I'll have to find out. Remaining nominees for the month are Kingsman, The Secret Service, Gone with the Wind, Arrival, The Searchers, Old Yeller, The Grapes of Wrath.
2: Gone with the Wind four and a half hours. I
0: thought it was just under four.
2: Oh, damn.
0: Okay. Uh, Or of course you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top rated movie instead. If you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do that is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.gay if you prefer your URLs short and convenient. All right, uh, back to our chatters. Let me um, catch up with Rumble quickly here. Let's see. Where did I leave off? Oh, yeah, we had Robin. Thank you, Robin. Uh, Mr. Nibbles. Oh, Mr. Nibbles was the soap appreciator. Thank you. And then, yeah, we did have the one from Ogan Matic on uh, Gay and Words from Outer Space. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Dick Boner, one of the great names in the chat. Dick Boner, (laughs) check those American citizens in Israel. If they had dual citizenship, not a finger should be lifted for those with split allegiance. By the way, check the top three owners of Rumble. Uh, I don't know anything about the identity of the ownership. I I haven't spoken with the owners. Well, isn't it publicly traded now? Is it rumble a publicly traded stock? I can't remember. Or, you know, the founders. I have no idea. Whatever. I can tell you that in my interaction with certain people who are managing certain features of the company, that it's all been very positive and seems like they're completely on board with um, all the values that are important to me. Um I have not seen Rumble. The the only thing I've seen Rumble do is ban that one Nick Fuentes. Was it a stream or a video? I can't remember. That was the only time I've seen them censor something. Uh, So, you know. um, Maybe perhaps imperfect, but I got to say a lot better than Raja Mohan in my own personal experience. Robin. Thank you, Dick Boner, by the way. Robin D. Banks. Riddler runs up. (laughs) Oh, God. Riddler. The premise here is Riddler wants to question the Holocaust. Okay. Uh I think it's like poetic, dude. It rhymes and stuff. Um oh, is it joking guys? She clarified. Okay. How can I? How can I get this through, rajaman Riddler runs up. They say uh, you know a certain number w- were found. No bones. No ashes. Not even a mound. Who insists in each country their behavior was fine, but still were removed from a hundred and nine. Robin. Okay. Uh, I, I, those are Robin's words, not mine. Thank you, Robin. Laughing Boy. Are we okay? Um, laughing Boy has more things to say, of a related theme. Um. Okay, are we... Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This this one is not... This one's actually on the complete other side of it. This is totally sincere. I uh, Sorry, laughing boy. I was reading... Your, because Robin had primed my brain to think of like... Mm. To think that you were making some, coin, some kind of joke. As far as I gather, this one's totally sincere. Are we okay with another 6 million Jews getting killed while we sit by like last time? Because I'm not... If there is anything we can do about it. Well, first of all, we didn't sit back... We didn't sit back last time, even though the premise Wait, of our involvement was not really the Holocaust, at least originally. Um, but yeah, like is the premise that I'm supposed to intervene in every atrocity in every country all the time? It can't be. <sighs> so do I, do I believe fundamentally that these disputes between countries that are not mine are morally and practically not my fight to fight? Yes. And does that mean that there's going to be some suffering that potentially we could stop that that will happen. Yes, but it also means that suffering related to our unjustified intervention won't happen as well. Um, You know, I mean, I, I, I think whether it's interpersonally or as a matter of international politics, when you handle your own house first, all things are better off than they would be otherwise. Like in the same way that if I keep my house in proper order, and my all of my neighbors do the best to do the same. Our neighborhood is going to be much better off than if I went around trying to barge through all my neighbors' doors and telling them that they need to clean up their kitchens and they need to mow their lawns. and They need to do all these things. Even if some of them are doing a poor job and need to be told a thing or two, um, you know, until until my house is spotless and properly maintained, I don't think it's my my business to be going around policing the business of others even if they are morally wrong and certainly there are a lot of moral wrongs being committed here but did you have any thoughts on that
2: how do i get out of this
0: <laughs> that seems is that the theme for the entire stream tonight
2: yeah i can't i can't touch that no well you can touch no, I have the no thoughts. okay I no, no thoughts on okay no okay. i agree with you i i i'm not super interested especially in a in a, in a country with major domestic problems uh in really dealing with um any other supposed genocide in any other country. Supposed okay. or actual genocide.
0: Okay. Thank you for clarifying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Dick Boner adds, I'd enjoy pol- <laughs> I'd enjoy polishing off a few old fashions with Big Titty Pelosi while laughing at McCarthy's revelation of how stupid he, stupid he is. Sorry, I just said stoopy because that's what I say to my son. You know, stoopy? If he, if he bumps his head or if he does... You're being stoopy, you know. Don't be stoopy.
2: You find yourself using faggy language on accident all the time. Did I tell you what I said to my friend the other day? Uh,
0: she no. hit her
2: head and I said, did you bonk? <laughs> it just came out of me. Like, I can't stop myself. I was like, I'm going to use the potty. Gonna...
0: No, I, I still, I still speak adult game, language. are a big
2: man. I don't know In fact, I speak either.
0: too much adult language around my son. I need to cut back because he's starting to repeat words.
2: This show is the only time I can be an adult. God help me if uh, my daughter ever listens to it. <sighs>
0: yeah, be, Beating neocons is like beating a child. I wouldn't say that I'm like obviously I'm not on the Pelosi team and I don't mean to imply that you are dick boner, but, um, but <laughs> I would certainly agree that the belief that Nancy Pelosi was going to bail him out is worthy of merciless mockery absolutely yeah. so if you want a motorboat Pelosi's big tease and have a have a fun night yeah all right Buh. go for it <laughs> you said it just remember those are Paul's once he is you know healed up again uh, we're good on Odyssey thank you we're good on D live catch up on YouTube and tippy and we'll call it an evening
2: sure injured guardian me reading the three musketeers years ago oh come on food can't be that expensive for four men meager shopping on Friday this is why they always wanted to duel and stab people It's getting rough
0: out there, man. Uh, Yeah. Every time we go to the grocery store, I have some estimate in my head of what I think it's going to turn out to be. And consistently, it is like 30, 40, $50 higher than what I guess.
2: Yeah, Mint 20. Okay. So Israel, widely acknowledged to have one of the best spy intelligence networks on earth, just completely missed this huge attack, huh? For some reason, I'm not sure I believe that. That's because you're an anti-Semite.
0: Thank you for clarifying again. Thank you, I Mint.
2: PN. No note. Thank you.
0: Thank you, iBot. I am not gonna be niggardly.
2: Oh, Jack 420, who's the dumbest jogger? <laughs> Rep Hank Johnson, Guam could tip over and capsize, or Jamal Bauman pulled a fire alarm to open a locked door, IQ Belker, proven right. I can't argue with I
0: can't. Well, those are two anecdotes, not necessarily complete data set, but um yes. My pick, my pick is Bowman. I think Bowman is probably the dumbest, genuinely the dumbest member of Congress.
2: You know,
0: it's not even Everybody what he wanted says. to
2: attribute malice to him, but just no,
0: I, yeah, I, th- I think he's a straight up idiot who can't even read. Mm. Look at his, look at his school. Although Hank Johnson, um, I, I, I remember that. I got to go back and listen to the Hank Johnson one about Guam capsizing because that sounds so ridiculous. It seems like it has to be a joke, but I need to go back and listen because I I think that Mojack is right and that that was not a a statement in jest at all.
2: Long Don John. Matt and I once made love. I came in on a paraglider, penetrated his iron dome, and my insurgents poured through the hole in his border wall.
0: Why are you gay?
2: Why are you gay? Thank you. you.
0: Long Don John.
2: Oh, my God. My nose looks like a bell pepper. This is so bad. Get this baby out of me.
0: That's OK. Ugh. Bell peppers are delicious.
2: So everybody wants to eat my face. It looks like a ball sack on my face.
0: Do so you have an opinion about uh, bell pepper colors? Are you a bell pepper racist?
2: I like an orange bell pepper. Ah,
0: I'm team or green yellow. all the way
2: yeah no if i have to choose it's going to be any other color but green
0: i will tolerate yellow and or orange kind of the same thing red can go you know, down. there's
2: no there's no flavor difference in any of these peppers. yeah
0: they're um i mean uh a lot of people sometimes are surprised to learn that they're the same thing at different stages of ripeness they think they're like different what yeah they're the same pepper at different stages of ripeness
2: then there must be a flavor difference
0: there the red ones are like as they go from green to red they get a little sweeter And the red ones are the red ones can go to hell. It's all about the green.
2: Huh? How did I not know this? Yeah. Son of the wolf. I had that moment of losing my anchor in 2021 when my dad died of lung cancer and I had to sell my property. I know how weird and sad it feels like everything changed all at once. I'm sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and I'm sorry to hear that as well, but I hope you're able to make the best of it. And it's um, it's one of those weird like I, I hope you know, circumstances considered, it was a similar experience for you where obviously in in a, in a death situation, it's sad for, um, for that reason alone. But even when the move that you're making in light of the circumstances isn't isn't sad as it wasn't in my case, it still feels sad. You know what I mean? It's like, it's weird to feel sad when you have no regret or no doubt about the action that you're taking. And that's, that's what the experience was for me. And I think for my parents as well on, on Friday and Saturday, it's very, it's weird to be sad about something you know is 100% the right decision while you're doing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was one of those moments.
2: Um, Bill this, Israel was just minding its own business and got attacked. Really? Yeah, totally. They didn't do nothing. Anti-Semite. Something kind of other. My Facebook feed from friends all over has zero mention of Israel and Palestine. Zero. Zuckerberg may censor, but come on, I'm seeing nothing on Facebook. Is it possible that some people now just don't care maybe I i d I don't even know what Facebook is like anymore
0: yeah, heard. I mean it it might be censor excuse me censorship or it it might be self censorship. I think that people obviously do care if you don't think they do look at Twitter, you'll find out exactly how many people care mm-hmm. um but I think for your average person who's not otherwise talking politics on the internet it's uh it's a real gamble to just go on Facebook and say so. Here are my thoughts about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Yep. Uh, you're going to get some unfriends. No matter what side, no matter what you say, there's going to be some unfriending that's going to happen as a result of that. So I, I think people care. Uh, I just think that they're, they, they're not eager to present that publicly for fear of the consequences that will result.
2: Yep. Um. Let's see. I lost my place. Do you have this up? Uh, Slosher
0: yeah. says... Walls only work for closed borders, ethno state of Israel. Thank uh, yeah for clarifying. I, walls work in certain places, but not others is the answer, mm-hmm. it seems. Although they didn't work this time. The walls did not the wa- walls did not stop the boats and most importantly, the the motorized paraglider systems.
2: Yeah. Where the hell? I just Esoterica Unbound out. next is what I have.
0: As, oh, as the nation tomorrow
2: yeah. celebrates the cultural enrichment of the Western Hemisphere, we all should be grateful for the new cuisines and expressions of faith brought to you by the natives of our boy, Chris.
0: I forgot tomorrow is the holiday formerly known as Columbus Day, now known as Indigenous People's Day. Thank yeah, you for yeah. the reminder there. Of course, hope you're doing well, Esoterica Unbound. Thanks for supporting the show.
2: man, now and seven to not out it.
0: Ah, thank you. <laughs>
2: damnation now Hamas is only mad about Israel giving Albert Borla uh, an it. award for his accomplishments that's the Pfizer guy right
0: uh yeah he is he's the Pfizer CEO or one of the big pharma CEOs I forget which one <laughs> now in fairness I mean we gave uh commendations to all sorts of people in similar lines of work in our country so you know that is what it is but uh I, I don't I didn't know that was the case but I certainly could believe it's correct
2: Tortuga, I have a Japanese friend who was in Israel when all of this went down. He's still at the airport trying to get out. Anyway, what is the over under on U.S. Ukrainian fingerprints on Hamas weaponry? I think we already know that already there's some determined. involvement. Yeah, hundred
0: percent, at least according to Hamas, which you know you you might rightly say take that with a grain of salt, but Hamas is claiming we have U.S. weapons uh, left over from Afghanistan, presumably.
2: Fox P two. When a devil gets caught by a monster, I, as a human being, can only hope that they both die.
0: Okay, fair enough.
2: Nicholas H, congrats to the eighty-five percent of bankers who voted for Joe Biden. Hope, hope this is what you wanted. I'm surprised that these aren't more that there aren't more like this. It was funny well, the live chat when we were talking about that we were like, "Matt's an idiot, Blonde's an idiot, Matt's an idiot." I'm like, all right. That means we're doing an okay job, right? I
0: suppose, yeah. I mean, it certainly is not my intent to tell you what you're supposed to think about this because clearly I have no level of expertise on it. But I just, as always, I hope people ask questions about the things that they're told. As long as that's the case, fine by me. You know, It's, it's it's not like an agree with me thing, but I think fundamentally we're all a community of people that want to ask questions about everything. And this is one area where you're supposed to accept everything you hear and ask about nothing at all. Um, As far as the politics of of Jewish people, I do note like uh, as far as I'm aware, the Jewish demographic tends to vote Democrat uh, as as this is uh, or as Nicholas is saying, um, which is very odd. And there's actually like a lot of uh, at least culturally Jewish people, if not religiously Jewish people or ethnically Jewish people um, who are harshly critical of the state of Israel, you know? So for all I know like those people who voted for Biden uh I don't know. I mean there's like pro Palestinian, pro Hamas um marches and protests going on in American cities today. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Jewish constituency in those marches, quite frankly. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see it.
2: Um let's see. Uh assuming this is meant 20 Assuming this is actually, uh, this is actual war, not a PSYOP. As far as I'm concerned, I'm happy to let them kill each other as long as they want. No refugees and migrants from either side, let them fight. Yes, but we're in it. And there's nothing we can do about it.
0: Yeah, other than uh, have have Congress uh, disappear. Well, I guess we have to support nobody for House Speaker and they're paralyzed forever. Yeah. Maybe that's how.
2: Um, I have to be gone by 830, so I'm going to try to
0: okay
2: read as many of these as possible. Son of the Wolf Blonde is right. They absolutely knew this was going to happen. This is just them trying to soak up more U.S. shekels because they're jealous of Ukraine.
0: <laughs> hey, Ukraine. Actually, uh, how do the numbers compare? I don't know off the top of my head. I know I mentioned the $4 billion sure. to Israel annually. Um, as far as the, uh, the aid to each country, how do they compare? I should know that, but I don't off the top of my head. So I'll have to look it up. Is there some jealousy in play for, for Ukraine? I don't
2: know. I don't know. Um, Dirt Muffler, but just wanted to share with my favorite podcast duo that I'm getting married this Friday, Friday the 13th of October, because superstitions are for losers. Ooh. Also, fuck, marry, kill. Uh, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi. Oh. Congratulations, butthead.
0: Congrats on your marriage. Uh, And and it's unalive, not kill. Well, I guess um, per the chatter earlier, I'm going to marry Nancy Pelosi so that I can have at those... uh, I can have it those for the rest of my life. Who's you more have annoying to kill
2: Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Like the, yeah.
0: Is Hillary Clinton more insufferable than Kamala Harris? Yes. Um. And well, and you know that Kamala Harris is very experienced in the, uh, the art. So uh, I guess I'd rather have the Kamala, Kamala Harris. I guess you have to. Yeah. I think I got Hillary, that. Hillary, right.
2: Mary Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Um, Mark. Israel just called the attack their 9-11 and I agree. <laughs> Coordinated and allowed to justify military response and deflect any criticism basically by saying their 9-11, they admit their partner.
0: That's one way to interpret <laughs> it, yeah. I don't think that's what they mean, but yeah, I, I yeah. see what you mean.
2: Citizen 7. I'm old enough to remember when 9-11 was blamed on a systemic intelligence failure. Ow, oh, my butt. Um, I'm calling BS. This was a setup just like back then, heading towards World War 3 folks, make a peace with God. Make your peace with God anyway.
0: Always wise to do. But I agree that, uh, you know, I I definitely worry that a lot more things than we realize are intentional to move pieces in a particular direction. I'm not saying everything here was orchestrated. I just uh, I've seen enough orchestration in recent developments in, over the years that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at least parts of what we're watching now are. Mm
2: mm-hmm. Make them quit. Israel has actual borders that are protected and was infiltrated by hundreds of terrorists while our border is not only unprotected, but infiltrated by millions. Keep me awake now. Love this show.
0: Well, thank you for supporting the show. And if you are the actual make them quit, man, this dates back to like way like a decade ago, Call of Duty stuff that I was making and he was making as well. Um, So if you're still if you're still sticking around from that long ago, I very much appreciate it. And uh hope you're doing well, man. Thanks for stopping by and of course thanks for supporting the show.
2: Humble Radish Farmer. I can't wait for the U.S. 3rd Training Brigade to pair a troop into Gaza and kick some patriarchy. But kind of smells like a false flag, though. Is the U.S. going into another hot war to divert attention from the 2024 steal? Perhaps. Maybe that's an angle. Hmm. Um I'm just gonna do two more and then I'm gonna peace out. Holden Mulray. hi truth seekers. I'm traveling this weekend, didn't properly vet my places of worship this AM. Uh, the speaker went on about the mess in Palestine instead of matters pertaining to God's word and eternity. That sucks. Sorry to hear it. Sorry to hear it. Hmm.
0: That's wow. Okay. Uh thank West you. America,
2: unbound. Blonde's faith in the competence of the Intel community of any country is heartwarming. Clearly, the best and brightest go to work for their respective governments. All our eyes tell us must be like, Um, I think in a country like Israel, where you're allowed to have racial and national pride and border integrity. They actually do care about the competence of government officials because they want to retain those elements of their country, right? Uh, Our country is a joke because nobody cares about any of those things.
0: Yeah, I don't. uh, Obviously, I I wouldn't be the guy to assess the competence of every Israeli intel official. That's not something I have knowledge of. But I would I would generally agree with uh, Esoterica Unbound's point that um, if you are a person of particular talent or moral fortitude uh, or capability, that odds are you're going to be drawn to something in the private sector rather than the government, but not always, I suppose. I, but I'm—I I'm, don't think it's a uniquely American thing. I think that government officials in general are are much less competent than uh, many people think they are.
2: Usually, I will—I will agree with that largely. How's that? Fair enough.
0: Uh, all, all right, right guys, are you, you out of I here. I will see you on Wednesday.
2: Right. Yes, I really have to pee, and by the time I come back, everything's gonna
0: be. Coming. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, I will catch you on Wednesday, and um, I will read you through the rest of the chats here. Thank you, guys, for your nice patience. Time. I know we've made you wait a little while here. Oil King says, Matt, if you run out of gas for your car and more gas is not coming to your state, what do you do? You're probably going to need to cycle through that process. Yeah, 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 do lube is important. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess your question is, would I, would I in fact use a bike for transportational purposes in a world where there is no gasoline power? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not anti bicycle, the technology. I understand that it has more utility than like running across a landscape. Um, I am anti the cyclist lifestyle, (laughs) Uh. because these, at that point, it's just about like a certain entitlement. It's about like, uh, a belief that, that you are the same thing as the car on the road and that you have the same level of entitlement to that lane of traffic, even though your vehicle is just qualitatively different than all the other cars. Um, It's not the bike that bothers me. It's the attitude that goes along with the bike. So I'll I'll try to clarify that as much as I can. Not all. Not everyone who rides a bike is a cyclist, you know? But I guess everyone who is a cyclist rides a bike. So there is... There's a lot of overlap in that Venn diagram, but not all incompetent hands. The terror of calling a girl's house and getting through to her parents to talk to her. Every young man should experience that. Instead, he texts her sup bitch and she sends nudes. ML Christians in 2023. Well, hey, I know that not all of my statements are hits, and I certainly know that not all of my political perspectives are uh Agreed to by all. But if we can all agree that that it is a rite of passage to have to call a girl and get through her dad. And that there's a certain level of healthy fear that every young man must endure to accomplish that. Then uh, we got something to work with. And thank you for the kind words. Semper Ad meliora says, according to a new FBI bulletin that went out to state and local authorities. People who tie their shoelaces in a double knot are white supremacists. I don't do that. So uh, that. I think that uh, that could be the case. I, I, double knot, No, nah, the single knot is sufficient. If it's not, you're not doing it right. Knuckle Hunky Box says blonde four out of five. It's not only Mel Gibson's greatest film, but it's one of the best films ever made. Hashtag fire blonde. Well, that's the reason that we finally get her off this production. I, <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'm kind of surprised by that. Of course, blonde's not here to respond, but we could uh, bring the point up again at another time. Given the super fangirl status that she has for Mel Gibson. I am a little bit surprised, I suppose, but I'm not going to, you know, it's in the same way that I don't feel like I was unfair to Groundhog Day for giving it a three out of five because I wasn't hating the movie. I don't think she's being unfair to, uh, to Braveheart. Certainly no hate on her part. Uh, let's see. Oil King says, Matt, please get a scan of your heart for calcium deposits in your heart. It's, uh, or the definition of Halloween is outrageous. And if, if the goal is to, Dress like scary costumes, Hugo Boss, all the way. Um, yeah, I mean, without getting too personal about the medical stuff, I will I do have a, a follow-up appointment with a blood specialist next month. So uh rest assured, I'm going through the uh the process of investigating exactly what happened with my uh my deep vein thrombosis. Thank you for the well-wishing. Deep vein thrombosis, DVT. Longdong John says blonde is has to start giving wiki ratings to butts and boobs in the movies that are reviewed. Uh, Yeah, maybe we could do that. That might that might spice up the segment. I want some butts. Esoterica Unbound says blonde busts on a little crushed velvet, but has the not but has not to say or, or nothing to say about the female leads' perfectly straight teeth and clear skin. Have you ever seen anyone from Britain? <laughs> Was, uh, were orthodontics a thing in the 13th century? She definitely would have been a looker in the 13th century. I think that's a fair point. And, uh, lastly, Holden Mulray says, hi, truth seekers, regarding, uh, regarding a moral imperative versus non-interventionist foreign policy, the U S has a long history of individuals volunteering in foreign wars as in Hemingway in Spain, um, aviators in both world wars. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, Like if you are a believer in a certain side or a certain cause of a foreign war, should you yourself um, be at at liberty to go fight? I I guess I don't have a problem with uh, allowing people to do that. I think the only question is what protection, if any, does your home country owe you if you get into trouble? Like let's say I'm an American who really believes in the Ukrainian cause and I go join whatever Ukrainian unit to fight for Ukrainian independence from Russia. And I get into some trouble and I'm being uh, I'm a prisoner of the Russians or I am pinned down somewhere for a long period of time by Russian forces. I mean, I think I think for that to work, you really have to surrender any rights of protection of your your own government. Do you not? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that that right to go fight in someone else's war comes with any sort of right to the intervention of your country. I don't know how that would be ironed out. And then the question is like, well, if you don't, if you're not entitled to the intervention or protection of your country, like, are you really a member of that country? Um, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it, insofar as individuals want to go and fight because they feel compelled to do so in general, I'm not going, I I wouldn't uh, try to stand in their way. I just don't, I don't want that to be licensed for our government to be pulled into the conflict Against the wishes of everybody else who then has to prop up the effort. Thank you, Holden. Uh, Let's see. Uh, There are are a few more over on Rumble here. Um, Laughing Boy has a follow up. He says, not the argument I'm making. I understand we have more important things locally, but um, that is what we did until Pearl Harbor brought the war to our doorstep. Uh, We can do it different this time. Yeah, I mean, is it inconceivable that anybody would ever come to the American shore to attack us? Um, No, I mean, it's happened before. Uh, My philosophy as far as uh, international relations is really the same, as I mentioned, as my philosophy with how I would interact with people interpersonally. That is to say, you know, you want to hate me. You want to talk shit about me. You know, you want to go fight some other guy. You want to have a bar fight downtown that doesn't really concern me. Okay, like, you know, you're entitled to those things. You come and punch me in the face. I'm going to hit you back twice as hard. Now, some of you might laugh at my capability to do that. Um, Rightly so. I'm not like a trained fighter, but I'm just saying I don't think that I have a right to go and hit you. Or intervene with you physically bring physical force against you until you've done something like that to me you may think that that's naive because the standard is well how can you possibly wait until someone attacks you that means that you will suffer damage or death. I, su- I suppose that's true. But if you are the person who is committing aggressions without that precondition, you're just the person committing immoral acts against everybody else. You're the person picking the bar fights. You become the bad guy with a moral standard otherwise. So, I, you know, if I had to criticize my own position, like, is it one that creates the possibility of people attacking you? Yes, that possibility exists always. You just have to make sure that you're strong enough to respond with overwhelming force when it does. So make no mistake, if these jihadis in uh in their motorized paragliders want to come to the United States and try it here, I am in favor of destroying them to the extent that they never return. Now, I'll be careful because I don't want to I don't want to go as far as the sta- the statements that have been made where it's like there are no innocents, turn them to glass. I don't want to blow up innocent people and things like that. I'm just saying like if there are people who attack our country, we should we should use our resources to go hunt them down to the to the full extent of our ability. But if instead we get we take this proactive approach where it's like uh, you haven't you haven't necessarily done anything to us yet, but we think that we're gonna that you're gonna. So we're going to hunt you down regardless that you are necessarily going to become the unjustified aggressor eventually there because your judgment is going to be faulty. You're going to you're going to misidentify people as threats when they aren't and you are going to be committing um, injustices and there's also the question of just like is that is that the best resource management like if we want to go around proactively hunting every possible threat to us that requires resources are those resources spent best around the globe in places that we really have no business or are those resources better spent fortifying our own defenses at home um, that would be my response and you know I'll say it laughing boy I'll say it with full acknowledgement that like it, it comes with risks you know i mean it it, in the same way like me walking down a street somewhere kind of comes with risks of a guy picking a fight with me and presenting a threat to me but that's why i carry a gun that's why i try to be like uh, you know a decent like a not physically pathetic person so that if i had to engage with someone physically i would stand a decent chance i think that you put your your energy and your resources into defensive capability rather than offensive proactive policing in areas that aren't necessarily your business. I think that's uh, the the most beneficial way for us to operate, but uh, thank you for your thoughts. I appreciate them. Uh, And of course, for supporting the show, Elijah fire says blonde, would you consider donating your DNA for cloning purposes so I can have a chance at a good future wife? Um, You know, obviously she's not here to answer that. And I apologize for that. But Elijah, if you want to submit that as a question for Wednesday, uh, we can bring that up. Just head on over to the website and put that in as an email question for the Wednesday stream uh, on the, um, the contact page of my website. And we will pose that idea for Blonde if you would like to handle it that way. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, addicted to Drums says, for Blonde's George Floyd nose fund. Well, that is just rude, but uh, thank you for supporting the show. We're good on Odyssey. We're good on DLive. Let me give a quick refresh over on the old tippy and YouTube, and then we'll call it an evening. Uh, Looks like we're good. Uh, So thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us this evening. It is appreciated as always. Uh, Appreciate your contributions to the show. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you for just hanging out and chatting and connecting us with some uh, elements of the facts that we may have missed. Thank you for just supporting the show in general. It's very much appreciated. And of course, If you missed any part of the show, you can catch it later on demand shortly here. If you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly for supporting the show as well. And if you can't get enough, if you need more to listen to, of course there is additional material on the audio platforms of the show. They're linked in the description and over on the website as well, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcasts. You can find the uh, replays of of Wednesday's call-in show, some of Blonde's interviews, some extra material you may not find on YouTube course, if you're looking for anything else show related, head on over to the website mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.gay. We will be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry to whoever hosts Meet the host meets... hosts Meet the Press now. It's not Meet the Press, it is Matt and It's almost three hours in. Give me a break.